Welcome to Allies of Convenience, the international competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Logan, and tonight, um, well, this morning, uh, it's Saturday, it's just gone six o'clock, and um, we have been speaking uh, about the Death Guard Codex, which is coming out today, right now. So uh, if you're going to go and pick it up, uh, hopefully you'll have uh, find this useful. Literally just chatting through it, so had it in our hands for about a day, um, looking through it, not had a chance to really analyze it. We're going to do, hopefully do some proper content on it after we had a real chance to analyze it, but this is literally just a couple of hours of myself and Jesse Newton uh, talking shit about the book just going through things spitballing ideas and and looking at how things come together it's kind of structured um but obviously we're going through the book as we go through the book um we have had it for a day or so uh, shout out to our uh, local store um reminder as well by the way that we are in no way supported or funded or obligated to games workshop we are entirely independent which means we will always give you uh, a fair and balanced uh, opinion and an honest opinion will hold uh, pull no punches uh, we're not out here to try and maintain relationships with anybody uh, in that sense you can always rely on us to give you the uh, our true opinions on the book uh, and anything else that happens um, but as I said it's about it's a couple of hours if you want to listen through to it hopefully you find it interesting uh, of myself and Jesse just going through the, the Death Guard Codex we'll do some stuff uh, with the guys on the podcast about the units in general and some builds and, and that cool stuff but uh, I just wanted to get you a little a companion piece out whilst uh, we were up in the middle of the night flicking through the pages and bringing you in on some of the conversations that we have um, when new codexes come out I thought it'd be good to have some content uh, ready for you uh, as you go through the stuff yourself so hope you enjoy it don't forget you can catch us at facebook.com forward slash AOC podcast or just search for allies of convenience podcast uh, you can find us on Facebook let us know what you think about the codex I'd love to hear uh, what you think about it um, it's an interesting one. I think it's got really flavorful rules. We're going to go through all of it. Uh, whether it works competitively or not uh, is still to be seen. Um, but we definitely give you uh, some of our early hot takes uh, and first impressions on the book. So without any further ado, let's get into this. Uh, I have to warn you, though, uh, for some reason, I'm talking on exactly the same mic right now in exactly the same position that I recorded this Skype conversation but the Skype conversation has like a weird background hissing in it and I do not know why uh, I have no idea why it wasn't in the call uh, but it's there I'm going to look into that and try to improve uh, the sound quality of the recording so they can all be as crisp as this um, but yes I do warn in advance that uh, it's not as clear as this intro anyway uh, but it's still perfectly uh, audible and I hope you enjoy the next couple of hours of myself and Jesse uh, our own resident Nurgle lover uh, talking about this book Codex Heretic Astartes Death Guard let's get into it Hey, welcome back again. It is the middle of the night here, and uh, once again we are just chatting, catching up uh, about the new release, uh, which I'm holding in my hand. The Death Guard Codex Heretic Astartes. Uh, myself, uh, Logan, alongside Jesse Newton, who's at a normal time in the States, uh, and a lifelong uh, Nurgle fan, right? Uh, yes. So, yeah, yeah, my very first be, army. We're basically just going to be shooting the shit about this book. Um, 
Why, why is it that uh, you were drawn to Nurgle in the first place? Because obviously that's uh, a, uh, not everyone's like, yeah, man, Plague Marines and Rhinos. They were so effective um, and I loved them. It was like, what, what is it you like about them? How do, you, how do you see them as a fighting force in your mind? Slow, methodical, precise. Hmm. Precise is an interesting one. Yeah, so when I first started playing them, it was back in 3.5. Uh, you know, I, I walked in, actually, funny story, uh, and not really a funny story, but I was actually drawn to Games Workshop. There was one in our local mall, and I was drawn to them not because of Warhammer, um, but because of Battlefleet Gothic. I, uh, I grew up as a Star Trek nerd. And I basically went on Yahoo one of these days because, you know, Google wasn't around then. And I, I typed in spaceship battles, uh, like spaceship battle games. And I found out about Battlefleet Gothic. And then I went and I saw Lord of the Rings. And so, lo and behold, the, the same store did both of those. I went in there and uh, there was just something about Nurgle, the the nature of them back in the day they had true grit uh you know they were they were this kind of slow methodical gun you down um you know using like ranked bolter fire as like a as like their their precision like they were they, they felt more um more disciplined than the other chaos like uh chapters and and legions and uh, that just kind of drew me in and then you know the whole nurgle thing i kind of modeled my own life after <laughs> Papa nurgle and uh i have fully embraced his glory you're only a moderately unclean one thankfully um, yes it's just it's just the beard and the ferrets so basically we're looking on a force that is lacking in mobility yes has great staying power and very good stopping power and like you kind of want you're, you're kind of hoping for some really cool sort of air of effect plague cloud kind of we're going to put mortal wounds on you if you're standing next to us passively you don't even need to hit yes. just die from being here you unless know, you're like the elite of the elite super soldier yeah and the army the army has a ton of tricks and like tricks up its sleeve to basically poop mortal wounds on the people and it's not just the same old you know uh well, we're going to bring 13 malefic lords. Smite, 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 did he smite? Yeah, I mean, you still have smites. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of really cool tips and tricks with mm. the with the army. Um, I and and, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of little combos that can kind of you know can kind of catch people off uh, some fun combos that like there, there's some things that I'll, I'll get to a little bit later that yeah. I want to do that aren't particularly good but I think I think it'll just kind of be hilarious to just manage to pull it off against somebody well you have a look at some of the archetypes of what you have seen previously uh, in Nurgle slash Death Guard forces uh, both on a tabletop, like and in and in the background, because oh, realistically, we want armies to play like they do in the background. I think mm -hmm. that's that's all cool, right? <clears throat> so one of my one of my favorite things about Death Guard is from the Horus Heresy books. Yeah, you actually, if you you read it, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read it yet, but I mean, 
you're kind you're kind of like I don't know ten years too late. Uh, but during the Battle of Istvan, there is the whole there's the the whole um, loyalists that were stranded down on the planet. And uh, there's just one line that kind of that kind of strikes out to me after the bombardment uh, of you know the plague bombardment and then the uh, the Death Guard fighting the Warlord Titan. It's just at one point Tarvitz turns to I believe Lucius and basically you know they're talking about the death guard and they basically go well they're they're resilient little you know resilient little bastards part of my french but uh you know because you just occasionally hear artillery going off and these are guys that have been that have been you know plague bombed and are fighting a warlord titan and you know they're obviously under strength and yet you know they're still just resilient and hanging in there and uh, when they do fall to chaos, that resiliency that, that the Legion is known for just kind of gets dialed up to, you know, 30. So you have that idea that most of us probably remember of <clears throat> feel no playing Plague Marines, just sitting on objectives and being really, really, really resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, being great value for their points as well obviously the wounds the damage output is okay um plague knives and such and obviously plasma in the unit as well so that's yeah. always a thing <clears throat> bit of a bit of a threat you know um yeah they were got good enough staying power for you to not think yeah i'll just charge those and they'll just evaporate um exactly they were they were never they were never the most efficient um cost in like their recent co- uh space chaos space yeah. marine like yeah. iterations but if we look at it you know up until trader legions chaos space marines were still paying that tax for for codex 3.5 and chaos space marines was never really that efficient reparations they were yeah reparations there you go uh but you know Chaos Space Marines were never really that efficient force, but the Plague Marines, they weren't really, they weren't really the most efficient option that you could have. Mm. But they were, they were always fun. They were, um, you know, they were methodical in their playstyle. They did serve, as you, as you mentioned, they did serve a dual purpose because they had the poison close combat weapons. So, you know, they, they could chunk wounds out and they had the ability to actually go after multiple targets because of that. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they've always, my big thing with, with, with Plague Marines is they've always kept more flavor for me than anybody else. You know, like, okay, Corn Berserkers run in and, and kill people. Ooh, you know, this this iteration of Corn Berserkers is by far the best that I can remember. Um, but, you know, like, throughout everything, they always kept more flavor, uh, you know, from their Legion and their, you know, their God than Corn or Zeech or uh, you know even noise marines I mean I think their flavor was genuinely one of the most effective on the tabletop um, because you know corn berserkers were always flavorful for me but it was kind of irrelevant because you're playing in a game where they can't get into combat anyway now it's kind of easier to get things into combat and when they do they're horrific as we see with a lot of the chaos space rebuilds at the moment um rubric marines are kind of like 
I, I feel like Rubik Marines are a bit too close to um, Plague Marines and that they've got that sort of slow lumbering um, stoic lack of yeah. flexibility there um, and then they just gave them like weird um, they gave them like weird zinch bolt gun things which I don't know what that has got to do with anything but uh, that kind of differentiates them <clears throat> and they basically yeah. failed miserably with uh, noise marines for years and years and years until now I think they're pretty good as well um, but I, marines I have always been pretty decent right like they've been the go to if you, if you were going to take a cult marine nine times out of ten it was going to be a plague marine yeah exactly if, you know and, and the other big thing was uh, most of the cult marines were really sim- like they, they were really close in points and uh, you know ne- no one had a massive efficiency bonus that we're seeing right now over another one Cause, you know right now I'll be you know honest there's there's almost nothing in the game outside of you know an imperial guardsman that's as efficient at what it does than like a corn berserker or um or even a noise marine you know you might ha- you you could say like dark reapers they're they're hyper efficient right now yeah. especially with soul burst uh you know but but if, as far as those two go like every time if you watch the nova open um, and you listen to us talk to like Andrew, uh, who won both the open and the invitational, you know, he even said like the efficiency that those two units caught him off, off guard, you know, and this is a very seasoned tournament player, uh, you know, well, the, who the does didn't even get like a massive points drop. It's only like a, literally a couple of points, but like I said, what they would, uh, what they were doing for those points didn't happen as often as it does now mm-hmm. of course now they've yeah. got the, the actual chance to get in and they're horrific when they do get in um, possibly possibly um, a little bit more horrific than needing to be as you discussed uh, last episode with regards to people not understanding how charges and allocating attacks and what have worked specifically mm-hmm. uh, and you may be letting people getting away with a bit more than you should be with berserkers um, but yeah just the fact that they can actually get in now and can get these attacks off and it's not <clears throat> you know I'm running headlong into a World War One trench battle of uh, yeah. getting guns mowing everyone and, down, and when you compare the points cost, like you said, you know, a base base points cost corn berserker is seventeen points. You almost will, will almost always run them with chain axe that are eighteen points. Yeah. A base a base plague marine is nineteen points. A base uh, a base noise marine is nineteen points. So. You know, you're you're really you're really floating around. You know, points wise, all of these cult cult units. Uh, forgive me, I don't know Rubric Marines off the top of my head. I'm not a fan of Zeech, um, but uh, you know these these cult Marines are really staying close in their overall points. The big difference between the big difference between plague marines and say corn berserkers and noise marines is noise marines and corn berserkers are efficiency. Plague marines are survivability. Hmm. And that survivability was a big thing because you were basically taking them as troops to back up your other ship that's going to be doing most of the legwork back in the mm-hmm. day. Now, obviously, in the last edition, well, I think it was sixth actually. You then suddenly got access to like these 
shambling hordes of zombies which you'd never seen before well cultists but yeah basically zombies yeah for, an interesting when, dynamic to change when um, yeah when Forge World opened up uh, especially like here in the States you started getting everybody taking the renegade guard zombies um, which again, spoiler alert are pox walkers now yeah um, you know they're just appropriately points costed pox walkers you know, they were I think three points a model now they're six they were like ridiculously cheap I don't actually know off the top of my head what their points model points cost is but they're basically like a, a conscript back in the day uh, as compared to today now you know they're more expensive um, but yeah they were hyper efficient um, and durable and super cheap but then I feel like Nurgle kind of really came into its own right at the end of 7th with the Traitor Legions I was I was running I was running armies I was actually running Renegade Guard but I was running Renegade Guard with almost an entire uh, Nurgle army you know about a thousand points but I was, what I was doing was I was running the OBSEC Nurgle army where everything was objective secured everything was durable you know you had options in there and everything was relentless hmm. which, which was a big thing for that that's something that, that fits in with the, the imagery that you want um, and they've worked that in, in in a new way in the book anyway we'll look at that in a minute um, we're going to look at the book in, in a number from a different angles because um, it's important especially in how the game works um, so as we were saying about the different cult marines um, their efficiency definitely comes into play uh, when you have to look at their use in, in the meta um, because the meta definitely de determines um, what tool set's actually useful um, and what is not efficient for the points you're paying for it um, so that's always important I want to look at the book as a standalone book because obviously there's people like yourself who would ideally love to run just a death card force uh, and just use it entirely out of the book uh, and then of course we're going to look at it through the uh, <coughs> through the through the uh, the frame of just the wider chaos faction. Um, so just a random ingredient in the in the yeah. overall chaos soup. In the chaos stew that we can uh, mix together <laughs> and sour up uh, with a bit of Nurgle's rot. Um, one of the things that jumps out at me immediately about the book is how many new characters they've just plonked in here. That's the majority of uh, the new entries in here, right? Yes. So they have they have dropped. Uh, off the top of my head, I think it's five new characters, mm -hmm. um, or well, five new characters for the edition, like five brand new things. We've already seen the Noxious Blightbringer. Yeah, uh, you know he was in the starter set, but then they added the Tally Man, who um, you know he's, he's basically their version of a Dark Apostle. He doesn't give the leadership, but he gives the rerolls to hit in, in combat, mm -hmm. and then he has a cool ability where if you roll a seven anytime you spend command points, has to be a seven because Nurgle's number yeah. if you roll a 7 uh, when you spend a death guard charge of command points you get those command points refunded so 7 is the average roll but I mean you know we're still talking a 1 in 12 or 1 in I don't know I'm bad at math chance uh, it's not necessarily going to happen but when it does happen if if you hit it on a big command point you know that could be that could be uh, game changing you know when you go and you expend say your last 2 or 3 command points and if you hit it there or you know and even early if you hit it while expending command points that can be that could be crazy because that's honest that is, that is one of the biggest weaknesses for chaos as a whole is they are command point heavy 
You know, even if you like, if you build a list with twelve command points, you will blow through said twelve command points mm. pretty reliably in either a Chaos Space Marine army or in a Chaos or Death Guard army. Yeah. Now, you know, demons not necessarily because you only have your base index and you can only go so far, but there's just so many options uh, for both of these. And, you know, there's a lot of options for Space Marines as well. Uh, I'm not too familiar with playing Space Marines this edition. Um, so I don't know how fast they blow through them, but I'm looking at some of the ADMEC uh, spoiled like rumors that that uh, GW has put up through the Warhammer community, mm. and even there, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, these guys are going to go through command points as well. Um, so I mean, we'll have to obviously wait and wait I, for I, the think, I think stratagems are some of the coolest new mechanics they've introduced in the game. I think they're absolutely and like I really enjoy them. Like, it's such a great way of adding um, character My, stuff. Uh, and yeah, of course, like. Uh, just giving you access to to, to, to really cool uh, ways to play as well. You can build around specific ones. That, you know, obviously the uh, the Ultramarines in the Chaos Israel and then the Ultramarines in the Loyalist uh, Space Marine book are, are really great around uh, farming and uh, maintaining CPs. So yeah, um, and. I think it's great. Uh, my only gripe with command points is the same one I mentioned last time we recorded, and it's uh, just the way that it was introduced. Uh, you know, they were going to really kind of, kind of the way that they they generalized it was you were going to get rewarded for going deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole to make to make like a more or less a standard army. But instead, you're not because they, they took the easier route, which is which is probably better for, better for the game in the long run because it's probably easier for them to balance. But um, they they go by detachment, so you're actually really easily able to to dip in to uh, you know a book as it stands, especially when you're dealing with this soup that is chaos and imperial. Uh, you're really easily able to dip into that and then, you know, cherry pick your, your stratagems whenever you want them. So that's my only concern with it. And my only problem, like I really wanted it to be like, you know, like, for instance, like you said, I want to play a death guard army. I really want to be rewarded for playing a death guard army. You know, I want to, if I take a malefic Lord, I want to be penalized for it. And I want to, I want to have to make that hard call. Like is, is potentially unlocking this, this thing better than losing, you know, my, my stratagems, for instance. So that's kind of where I fall. Um, so I was going over. Well, I was going over a couple of the characters that they yeah, added. So obviously, they had the the playcaster, the malignant playcaster, was also in there as well. Yeah. Well, I, I so I left him separate mm. only because he's actually in HQ. Yeah. So he's in HQ. The rest of the their the rest of their um, guys are actually elites. The the elite section of this book is about as bloated as a great unclean one. Hmm. And I mean, that's not a bad thing because the detachments, you can easily bring six of them, you know, six elites. So it's not like you're, you're too penalized for it, uh, but it is a very bloated section of the book. But you, you, so we had the tally man, you have a plague surgeon, which is, which is awesome because he's just basically 
he's basically a Nurgle version of an apothecary. Slight rolls on your disgustingly resilient. Yep, reroll one. So that that's kind of the, the swap there. And I think I think honestly, I think that is a balanced uh, change versus the regular apothecary. Because if I was just able to start bringing models back, you can kind of get a little out of control with how resilient this army is. Mm. So you know, adds a little bit to the resiliency. You have the biologist pure putrefier. Mm. He's a new guy. Basically, he's a he's a grenade buffer. Which is something we'll get into a little bit later, but you know he 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 buffs he buffs the blight grenades and all that. So he's like a grenade specialist who who uh, increases the the strength or the potency of uh, just Nurgle grenades. Uh, then you have the fl- foul blight spawn. Now the foul blight spawn I like a lot. He's kind of just a badass. You know, he's strength four, toughness five, four wound character. Uh, he's 77 points. But he's a... He's... He's an all-around really good support character. He has a Plague Sprayer, which is a nine-inch... A nine-inch uh, flamer that's assault... Yeah, it's assault D6, but here's a big kicker. It's nine inches, so you, you're able to assault things that are deep striking, or Overwatch things that are deep striking. Yeah. It's a plague weapon, so you reroll once to wound on it, which is the theme throughout the entire book. Mm-hmm. Then you have strength 2D6, minus 3 AP, 3 damage. So it's an anti-elite flamer. And then to top all this off, he has Revolting Stench, which I think is one of the best abilities in this book. And it basically is, if you charge within seven inches of this model, you don't you don't count as charging. You basically count as you know you take the charge away. So that that takes charges away from berserkers. That takes charges away from Slanesh, because the de- the Slanesh demon lore is basically always strikes first from fantasy. Yeah. So everything counts as charging. So what that does for you is that increases your durability because and and it it increases your durability because it gives you fair shakes, but it conserves command points, which again. Goes going back to the theme of Chaos Space Marines, and I think the theme of Codexes in general, command points are very, very valuable resource and commodity. And he just, he, you know, he conserves that by not making you blow two command points to skip ahead. Now, there are units that are missing um, from this book. Um, so you get no Hell Drakes for starts. Um, uh, my biggest one is Havocs. Uh, you know, for years, Death Guard. Interesting one, yeah. Well, yeah, for years it was the you know relentless Death Guard Havocs were like the thing. You know, you you take your Nurgle, you get your increased toughness. You know, they were just very common. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in the Index, they were gone, and they stayed gone with no replacement in in the Death Guard book. Mm. There's not even you know there isn't even a Death Guard specific unit that necessarily replaces them. Another thing is, uh, they went they went um, balls to the wall with the lack of mobility, and you know that methodical play style. Most things are you know like a four or five inch movement, yeah. but they then took away bikes and jump uh, troops, so you don't have raptors, you don't have warp talons, you, you don't have bikes. A lot of uh, access to any deep strike either as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got you've got the Terminators, obviously, but yeah, you're basically 
shuffling across the tabletop. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, your 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 deep strike ability comes from um, terminators. Uh, you know, your lords and your sorcerers they cannot have jump packs, which means if you need them to get across the table without necessarily walking, then you have to stick them in terminator armor. Uh, tonight on the Frontline Gaming podcast, Reese did say that the fact that um, in the points there the demon prince is admitted with wings but in the data slate he ha- he's, has the ability to take wings he did say that is a known typo and that will be getting faq'd almost immediately they do get wings on our demon princes so that's kind of a that's kind so of a nice issue that we had was in the in the codex um it says they can have wings but there's no points cost for it yeah yeah so he said he said tonight um and he's part of the he's part of the tester group for Frontline. Uh, he said tonight that it is indeed a mistake and it will be FAQ'd. So uh, and almost immediately. So that was that was honestly that was a big relief for me because I love my demon princes. I've been building them in lists without wings, yeah. but if I can take wings, I want wings just because that mobility is is key in an army that lacks it. Mm. I don't think that was ever going to be a problem. It was just a case of. <laughs> You either had to play them as the wings were free, or they were going to affect yeah. you and tell you how much they are. It's probably going to be what, like twenty-five points or something. Like that. Uh, they go from I think like one forty to one eighty or one seventy base. Mm-hmm. So they're they're one eighty with wings and claws, which is how I always run them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's let's have a look then. Basically, so um, let's start at the very start. Lords of the Plague Planet um, they have their special rules uh, of course they've got Death to the False Emperor still mm-hmm. to be expected and they're disgustingly resilient so it is basically your traditional feel no pain yep uh, except it has it has a great caveat of in this edition you can utilize it against mortal wounds yeah there is no you don't get this like there was with uh, instant death uh, yep in uh, in previous editions so you always yes. get this 5 plus which is very good. Um, they got plague weapons, uh, which in this edition is you can reroll rolls of one uh, for wounds for plague weapons, uh, and yeah, they get demonic ritual as well. <coughs> so they can summon demons, and that's obviously that's a, a thing where you can summon. Um, you can at least summon plague bearers, so you can kind of like overextend. It's not it's not the same as um, being able to deep strike in but it allows you to sort of have have models a bit further than shuffling mm-hmm. five inches forward yeah exactly uh, another big thing with this that you get in those like first two pages is you'll notice that the uh, death guard war gear list is much smaller uh, you know it is it is kind of it is slimmed down it is very but it's all it's all like the key stuff that they need you know they, they get their power uh, power weapons they get their specialty power weapons and then they get combi weapons and that's really it that is literally it wonderfully laid out stuff um, yeah so the bell sword is literally just a plague power sword that's, yep that's all it is uh, and then I don't know if it's list I'm looking no okay 
they, there are some units who have a thing called a bubonic axe mm. uh, I believe it's called and it's just basically a power it's a, it's a plague you power axe, axe. Yeah. bubonic yeah. yeah I wasn't sure if that was something they just have just plagued plague. versions of the standard weapons which is yep. just, for, just for color I guess so yeah, as we look through the unit entries and the HQs, as you said, we've got the Demon Prince, we've got Typhus, he's got a cool new model. Um, yeah, finally. the go-to uh, in, well, I don't mind the old model, but the new one's awesome. Uh, big, yeah. uh, very impressive, suitably plaguey, uh, and fits in with the new aesthetic of all the great new models that they've done since uh, the box game. Yeah, the, the new aesthetic is, is driving me nuts because I also have a 30k Death Guard army. <laughs> yeah. And so everything I'm doing, I'm have, like I'm my army's being painted in the 30k scheme as if they're transitioning to, to Nurgle. But the difference between the two is pretty is pretty re, uh, resounding. And you know, I have Forge World and the box game mm. Marines. And you know, even so the Plague Marine difference you know, it's primaris the regular Marines. Mm. Yeah, there's some big boys in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Typhus, of course, we would, we would see as the go-to character selection in the last editions with uh, lumps of uh, noble cultists. That was a that was a fun little build before. Uh, Lord of Contagion is in here, of course. Who went down in points and. <laughs> So Lord of Contagion went down and Typhus went up nine points. But Typhus is still, I think, a bargain at 175. Are there any changes other than just the points? Uh, nope. It's just points, uh, which... So, previously... Um, previously, Typhus was cheaper than the Lord of Contagion. And Typhus had a Mastercrafted uh, Man Reaper. Hmm. The Man Reaper is... Um, plus one strength over the plague reaper, I believe, is what the uh, the the Lord of Contagions have. Yeah. So it's plus one strength. It's plus three instead of plus two. And since it's mastercrafted, instead of it being D three damage, it's just flat three damage. So it was funny because he got special rules. He has the Destroyer Hive like gun, mm. which is pretty good. He buffs Poxwalkers, has a better melee weapon, and he was cheaper than than the guy you could take multiples of. Mm. Now that's not the case, but he's still you know it's not like he went up twenty points. He's still very much uh, reasonable. Uh, he has got a fixed um, warlord trait as well. We'll go through warlord traits, traits later, but his one is Living Plague where any roll of dice for each enemy unit that is within three inches of your warlord at the start of any fight phase on a roll of a four plus that unit suffers a mortal wound so like it all adds up but it's, yep. not, it's not an earth shattering warlord trait and I think there's definitely uh, better ones in here uh, Lord of Contagion obviously gives you a bit more flexibility in what you can take but not so much um, it's all pretty yeah. Like, especially with how um, Games Workshop writing now, there's not a lot of customizability in the uh, in the characters, um, given they kind of are discouraging people from doing, like, conversions and different weapon loadouts. A lot of the newer release characters, um, and I noticed this with a lot of the Primaris, is that they just have no war gear options at all. You're basically yeah. stuck with what you have. Yeah. So you just you just hinted at uh, at Typhus's Warlord trait. Yeah. Um, 
the Lord of Contagions, it's kind of it, it, it feels kind of important to know that they just have an ability that affects all Death Guard units within seven inches of them that basically does the same thing. Now, so if I'm not mistaken, I believe Typhus has the same ability, but it, it is just important to note that you know it could because again we you know i mentioned earlier it's it's mortal wounds and you know here's just one of those little tidbits that kind of combos you know you go oh it's it's one mortal wound to a unit on a four plus mm. you know but then it just it's one here one there three here you know the you can get tri- tips and tricks that kind of that kind of make you just poop them out all over the place and typhus is doing that again in the fight phase um, yep noble's gifts uh, at the start of your start of your turn which is cool if you're already in combat but if you're not then I suppose it's got a 7 inch range rather than the 3 inch range of uh, Typhus's so you're probably going to get both well so the big thing is it affects friendly death guard units within 7 inches mm-hmm. but it only affects enemy units within 1 inch of those those guys so it is literally going to only affect the guys in fight yeah. Typhus That's Typhus true. might affect like supporting characters mm-hmm. if you're thinking like a guard blob sense but mm-hmm. you know again you know it just it's just that little it's that little combo you know, now on on two four pluses, you can just two mortal wounds, and now all of a sudden that lone primaris uh, captain who has I think four wounds is is half wound, you know, half wounds, yep. and nothing the other happened. Big difference as well between Typhus and the Lord of Contagion is, of course, the fact that he's a psycho. Um, yes, and that's a big deal. Yeah, he, and he, he he casts two powers and denies one. Yep, deny one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they have their own uh, their own list of powers as well. They've got their own discipline. Um, which he has to yeah has to take from there. Um, yeah, contagion. Yeah, we already know three of the powers because they were in the index, but we'll go over the three new ones. Yeah, we can do. We can do. Um, do, do, do. And then, of course, we've got Chaos Lords, we have Sorcerers, uh, and we have the Plague Caster, the Mutant Plague Caster. as well. Yep. Which the playcaster is just a uh, just a sorcerer. I think he I think he comes in at like two points more expensive. Uh, it's you know so it, it's not a it's not a big one. Even so, it might be five, but it's not like a big difference. But then you know again, he has an ability to that can create mortal wounds. Yeah, I like that. Um, so if they successfully manifest on a seven plus, the nearest enemy unit within seven inches suffers a mortal wound. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Like you said, it all adds up, look, plinking, plinking away. Yep. Um, especially good on sort of mili- um, like elite targets. Yes. <coughs> this this army this army feels feels insanely well told to fight Primaris Marines mm-hmm. and other elite expensive armies. Mm-hmm. If you bring an elite expensive army, pretty much everything about this army can hurt. Which is kind of a given because obviously they're the two uh, main antagonists in the in the storyline at the moment. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's have a look at the, the the powers. We'll have a look at the powers and the warlord traits as well because we're still in the HQ section. So um, okay. So yeah, what do you think about the, the the discipline compared to like some of the older um, noble powers we used to? 
Uh, so overall, I really like the discipline. Uh, I feel the discipline kind of is it's like a 50-50 discipline. Um, and I say that because there's three powers that are really good. There's two powers that are meh. And there's one power that in the right of in the right ability, I think, I mean, I've used it a lot because it, it's one of the default abilities that was in the index, but it's just kind of one of those abilities that, you know, because it's random, you can't count on it so much, but, you know, overall, I think it's a solid lore. Mm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have warp time where, you know, and it doesn't have prescience, uh, but when you look at when you look at the chaos space one for instance you're you're looking to take those two powers in this you want to take three powers mm. you want to take your miasma pestilence which is your your number one power uh you know so that is just subtract minus one to hit rolls for a friendly death guard unit so it makes you harder to kill Again, back to resiliency. Then you have your other, your next two powers are gift of contagion, which is okay. Um, this yeah, is the one that I, I random. I th yeah, I think is it's random and it's an index power. So you know, it's either you roll a d3 and it either minus one attack, strength, or toughness. Obviously, you want the toughness and or strength almost every time. Because mm. um, the things that, you, that the the extra attacks going to matter against, you probably have more than it's going to one attack's going to matter. Then you have plague wind. Plague Wind is, you know, Plague Wind is uh, very reminiscent to me to some of the old fantasy powers. It feels like, uh, you know, some of the old 8th edition fantasy powers. But you pick a unit, um, you roll a d6 for every model in the unit, and on a roll of a 6, they take a mortal wound. Uh, you know, not not really good on, say, a unit of 5 Primaris Marines. Mm. Uh, because on average you might get one yeah, okay. but on a unit of conscripts you know now you might be cooking with some fire yeah it's only five as well manifesting of five so it's really easy to get off Your type of deal hey, uh, uh, the power is it's a mm -hmm. I think this is one of the top powers in the in the lore these next two powers, I think, are the best. Are the two best powers in the lore besides Miasma. So it manifests on a five. Again, all of these powers, the highest one is a seven. So they're really easy to cast. Uh, so blades cast on a five. If you man you manifested on a Death Guard unit within eighteen inches, started in until the starting next psychic phase, you add plus one to all wound rolls uh, made by that unit in a fight phase. Furthermore, rune rolls of a seven plus inflict with a melee plague weapon inflict an additional mortal wound. So again, looking at with uh, with plague weapons. So one of the units I want to play around with with some of my friends is actually twenty plague marines with two close combat weapons and blades. Now there's a couple things I want to do with this unit. Uh, the, but that is one of the units I just want to mess like I kind of want to mess around with um, another one that I like it on is the Terminators the the standard Terminators because they have another ability that if they roll a 6 to wound it gives them plus 1 AP so now you know you're increasing the AP value so you're at Axes are going, giving you plus 1 strength and becoming AP 3 uh, your swords are being strength you 
user uh, and instead giving you uh, becoming strength user but AP4 you know again with this you know you're getting plus one to wound anyway but then every time you roll a six you're getting that extra you're getting that extra um, that extra AP coupled with the additional mortal wound and they have you know each guy has two attacks which is kind of big so I like it there um, I like it on things like uh, Demon Princes. Uh, now, the cool thing about the Demon Prince is the Demon Prince you can really, really stack well because you can Blades of pu uh, Putrefaction. You can uh, do the the Chaos Demon power that gives you plus one to wound, and every time you get a seven plus, uh, you do you double your wounds. Mm -hmm. So you know, but now you, you know you're, you're taking that. You're going from a six to a five, which is those two powers. Mm. You know, you can you can buff that further with stratagems and all that, because like Chaos Space Marines, Death Guard gets veterans in a long war. So now I'm like a Demon Prince because it's a Nurgle Demon model. You cast that ability, and now on a four plus you're doing an additional mortal wound and doubling your damage. So your two damage malefic claws now four damage. You get that guy into, into a big tank or something, now you know, you're cooking with fire. You get him into a Imperial Knight. You know, you're you're actually doing you get him in the in the Gulliman. You know, you're 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 putting a beating on him. And if you can trade with, with Gulliman, like a single demon prince at half the for, cost. That's great. Yeah, exactly. It's it flat half the cost beautiful uh, the other thing is you can stick this on the big bad bad guy that we got in this book it's one of the few abilities that you can really do with them because a lot of a lot of abilities and uh, stratagems specifically focus on infantry hmm. and this is just death guard uh, then you have putrescent vitality which I think is the best power in this lore. Uh, it's a warp charge of six. Mm -hmm. Friendly Death Guard infantry unit within 18 inches. Started next psychic phase. You add plus one in strength and toughness. What are you costing them? Uh, Terminators, Plague Marines, Pox Walkers. Mm. You know, now now you're talking about that front that front unit of pox walkers when it's going to slam slam home is strength toughness five. I I'm, it's kind of a shame you can only get um, you can only get twenty pox walkers. You know. It is, I but I mean, like there's seen like bigger units, and that would have like made <laughs> that would have made some of these powers crazy. crazy. Yeah. If if I could have thirty poxwalkers, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm. Because twenty poxwalkers do get beat up on by like Imperial Guard. But now again, you have you have ways around that. And if you you know you take this putrescent vitality, now you know, mortars aren't wounding you on fours anymore. The vast majority of Tarak shots aren't wounding you on fours anymore. They're wounding you on fives. That's a big difference. Uh, for a unit that has essentially no save and only did uh, uh, only feel no pain, mm. so you know it's there. It's pretty good, you know. And again, it, it works out well on things like Terminators, Plague Marines. are already super durable things. It's just it's just pure value town. Oh, okay. So if you got a big, I didn't even see diseased horde. That's really good. 
So. Yes, so if you're over 10 models, you get plus one to hit. So now your Poxwalkers are hitting on one four. Yes, but, you know, again, we, we hinted at Chaos Soup and the two powers out of Chaos Space Marines. Mm-hmm. One of them is Prescience, plus one to hit. Mm-hmm. So now you can get your Poxwalkers into a unit, hitting on threes, re-rolling ones, because of either a Lord or a Demon Prince. Um, you know, now that unit is is cooking with fire there and then i'll shrink toughness five you can veterans them if you want and now you can you can hit a you can hit a guard if you hit a guard blob you're going to hit on threes reroll once with up to 40 attacks and then you're going to wound on twos Hmm. and then every time you kill a guardsman you're going to make more pox walkers which you don't have to pay uh, reserve points for Um, they just pop up yep so again, it's it's synergy. This book is a lot about synergy. Mm-hmm. You pay you pay through the nose what points cost, because almost everything in a book synergizes well with everything in the book. Uh, and then your last power is Curse of the Leper. Mm-hmm. Uh, warp charge is seven. Uh, roll seven dice. Closest visible enemy unit within fourteen inches suffers a mortal wound for each roll that exceeds its toughness characteristic. Not on paper, not a really good spell, but again, he couples well with the big bad ma- uh, Mamba Jamba we we got in Mortarian. Yeah, so you could you could stick seven mortal wounds on something at a decent range. I mean, the likelihood not not that great, but again, you know, there, there's a little bit of synergy that can kind of make Curse of the Leper pretty good. Get rid of Malefic Lords. Yeah, you will get rid of Malefic Lords. Um, <coughs> you know, if you can kill seven conscripts with random psychic power, awesome. You know, it's seven. It's seven less bodies in your way. Seven. You know, seven less things you have to devote. That was any unit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Closest visible. In the yeah, that's actually pretty useful, especially against yeah. conscripts and maybe other units, occultists or what have you. Just. Yep. Just screens. Straight for screens. Yeah. Exactly. Screens. Uh, brims. Yeah. Things like that. You know. Oh, you have an invulnerable save. I don't care. Go away. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, even rolling seven dice, you're going to kill two marines, probably. Yep. So, right. yeah, that's cool. But again, you know, it's one of those powers that's a little weak. It's a little weak on its own, but you couple with a little bit of situationally synergy. Situationally useful, I think. So. Yeah, it's situationally useful, but there is synergy within the codex that makes it better. Warlord traits. Uh, we mentioned one of them briefly, uh, but let's go through these as well. Obviously, six. Take your pick. Uh, Mortarian and Typhus have fixed ones. Um, first one's revolting and resilient. You can add one to any disgustingly resilient rolls you make for your warlord, unless the wound you're rolling for is a mortal wound. Uh, so that's one of the few times that mortal wounds does have an effect on something. But uh, yeah, that's useful. Uh, living Plague, roll a dice for each enemy unit that is within three inches of your Warlord at the start of any fight phase, and a roll of a four plus that unit suffers a mortal wound. As we said, that's what uh, Typhus is rolling with. Tainted Regeneration, your Warlord regains one lost wound at the start of each player's turn. That's very good. 
Yeah, it's that's two wounds a game turn. Yep. That's pretty big on something like a like a demon prince. You're you're gaining you if you don't kill it, it gains a quarter of its wounds back. That's a big deal. Um, Hulking physique, add one to your warlord's toughness. Rotten constitution, reduce all damage inflicted on your warlord by one to a minimum of one. Um, so that's. Cool. I don't think it's the weakest. I think that's the weakest. I I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad, but I think it's the weakest out of all of them. An Arch Contaminator, which is the one that Mortarian gets, uh, reroll all failed wound rolls when resolving attacks made with a plague weapon for any friendly Death Guard unit within seven inches of your Warlord. Um, so I think that's probably something you're going to have to couple up with uh, maybe some of the other psychic powers to get the most out of. Yep, mm. but if we if we think about that power and you go back to Blades of Putrefaction... Yeah, where you're looking to get um, a seven... Yeah, so, well, a 7 plus, so basically you have to roll a 6. Yeah. And then if you, if you veterans, you're rolling a 4. And any failed wounds, you're then getting to re-roll. And, you know, you're fishing for those mortals, but you're getting wounds regardless. I think it's arguably the best of the warlord traits is that one right there. Because plague weapons is the theme for the whole thing. Pretty much anything but plasma and bolter is a plague weapon. And um, it is super common theme, and it synergizes so well with the army. I just personally do not like the power on Mortarian. No, it's not the one that you want with him, um, mm -hmm. but it is what it is. Um, let me just double check as well um, that it would work the same way. But obviously, when you're using veterans um, and you've got rerolls, It'll be the same thing as other situations. So you'll be adding the uh, you'll be adding to your roll afterwards. So you'd be re-rolling like you'd have. I'm doing air quotes now. You'd have failed rolls which you'd re-roll, but they would be they would be passes afterwards. So it actually gives you more opportunities to get those those proc seven pluses because you're re-rolling what would effectively be hits anyway, right? Yeah. Mm. So that's cool. Um, <clears throat> let's have a look at Mortarian, actually, before we move on into other stuff. I know he's a Lord of War and he's at the end, but he is the character, so... He's pretty expensive. More than Magnus. Yeah, he's pretty expensive. 470 points. Yeah. Um, and he's got 18 wounds. He has got um, disgustingly resilient, so that is, in practice, 24 wounds. Mm -hmm. um, so he's pretty survivable. He's got a three up as well, um, and a four up invulnerable. So, but he's going to be sure. doing a lot of fire. How viable do you think he is, and, and, and how he works? Talk us a little bit through how you see him working in the list. So, in all honesty. Mm. I think he is terrible as a Death Guard character in the Death Guard army. Mm. I think he's really good with Chaos Space Marines and Soup uh, in general. The biggest problem with Mortarian is he's 470 points. This book is loaded with expensive models. Mm. Uh, it is it is difficult to get Mortarian into a list and also have consistent, efficient threats. Because again, the book revolves around durability, not efficiency. 
the problem with Mortarian is he kind of lacks some of the durability because he has um, he has uh, 18 wounds. Mm-hmm. He does not have the ability to increase his invulnerable save like Magnus does. So he's not as good at sitting out in the backfield. You know, when Magnus is rocking a three-up reroll one's invulnerable, he can he can afford to sit middle of the game, you know, middle of the 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 field without having to really press his press his strengths until later on. Um that's not the case for Mortarian. You know, he only has a four-up and vulnerable. Discussing the resilient is good, but the big thing with discussing resilient is you have to do it for each individual wound, and it's you know, so it's not as good as an invulnerable save. Yeah. In that in that instance, so if you get hit with a last cannon and take six wounds, I have to make six discussing the resilient. Yeah. Well, he does have a four-up in ball as well. So there's that. he does. I think the big issue with him, uh, and the difference between Magnus is, Magnus is still effective when he sits back. Um, most of Mortarian's effectiveness, they're all like seven inch uh, yep. AOE um, bubbles. Uh, and of course, so, combat as well. But other than that, like if you're if I, putting him in the middle, then he's not getting a lot of the benefits. And that's that's the buff benefits and of course, like the, the host of plagues and stuff like that. So one of the big things with Mortarian is they were very careful in this book to not make Mortarian overpowered. And I think that's something you're going to see, you know, in the near future with Thousand Sons. They will, Magnus will get toned back a little bit. Um, because they they were very, 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 very careful in the stratagems and in the powers and stuff like that to limit, you know, infantry, things that they thought that you would see every single turn on somebody like Mortarian. Uh, so they, they limited that. They kind of drew it back a little bit. Mortarian does need to be up front, as you said. The other thing is, if you're taking Mortarian, he is such a, a points investment that outside of a specific list where you don't mind if he yellows forward and uh, does his explodiness because you know that's basically what he is in in a lot of the lists that you know I've been working 30 almost 36 hours straight between work school and and this on lists and I and I've have been struggling to get more Tarian in the death guard list that I really like because he runs forward he most likely dies you know like I, I look at him on paper and I go against some armies how do I not just die on turn one if I'm yeah. going second yeah especially um, given like how much cheap less cannon fires out there like yeah you know if I'm playing if I'm playing uh, if I'm playing Eldar and they're bringing you know their 30 Dark Reapers dark as well yeah of course yeah it's like okay well how do I not get obliterated because even then like a dark reapers for instance take away the one big benefit you can give him which is minus one to hit mm-hmm. they take that they take that away anyway so you know it, it's 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 a little give and take now i think he's really good in chaos space brains because you go back to that efficiency uh that efficiency mantra where if i'm running mortarian at you you have to deal with mortarian which means you're not you're not dealing with my cultists. You're not dealing with my berserkers. My berserkers. You're not dealing with my um, my noise marines. Mm. So that's that's giving you the opportunity to get your value efficiency units 
to follow up. So even though Mortarian might run out and die, he's your follow up. But he's a very, very, very expensive uh, bullseye, basically. Yes. Whereas you could take, you could take what? You could take two and a half demon princes for that. Um, yeah, if if somebody can't deal with him, he is insane. Mm. Like, if you cannot, I, I think overall, like damage output. He's exactly what I wanted in the terms of damage output. I kind of wanted him to be dialed back a little bit, and as a psyker, and because he knows three powers, manifest two, um, can deny three. And and you know he obviously knows smite, so I kind of honestly wanted him to be dialed back a little bit as a psyker, and kind of that be Magnus's forte, and I wanted him to be more durable and more more combaty because that was you know Mortarian's thing. Hmm. So that's what I, I kind of wanted to see. You got a weird mix, uh, you know, with. The disgusting, like disgusting, resilient. Technically, he's he has twenty four wounds, as you said. He on paper seems a little bit more resilient, but then you couple that with or with Magnus's reroll ones on the vulnerable saves and stuff like that. Like if if wounds get through to Mortarian, he has a better chance of of still coming out of it alive than Magnus. But Magnus has a better chance of not having wounds come through. Can I ask you about Reaping Scythe? Um, so it says make three hit rolls for each attack with this weapon. He's got two attack modes for his, uh, mm-hmm. for his Reaper. Uh, and you have so. to choose one. You can't split them. Yeah. That's that's a big that's a big uh, thing. Um, does that just mean you get three attempts to hit with each attack, or each attack counts as three? So he, yeah, so he has 18 attacks. Hmm. It's a weird re- it's a weird wording though because it just says it's, three hit rolls for each attack it doesn't it doesn't it's the same that. wording as the titanic feet there's a lot of abilities that work like this it works the same uh it works the same way as like titanic feet for uh imperial knights and, and a couple other abilities mm. well that's good definitely allows him to to thin the hordes as you say um yeah, I mean, you get him. You get if you get him into combat with a guard blob. I think now again, I don't. I, I don't rely on doing the math myself. I use my very own calculator. Uh, <laughs> I I tell Cook, hey, what's the what what goes on with this? But uh, somebody was telling me between between silence, because remember, silence is a plague weapon. Yeah. So he's going to hit on twos, wound on twos, re-roll ones. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to get all that and then couple that with you couple that with um, his other abilities which we haven't even dove into yet somebody was telling me he kills like 30 conscripts which is like oh okay Uh, I will gladly remove a conscript blob yeah 
Um, so yeah, let's just go through um, what he's loaded out with. So we've mentioned we mentioned Silence, the, the great big uh, scythe. Uh, he's got the Lantern, which is his pistol, which is an 18-inch range, pistol 1, strength 8, AP minus 3, damage 3, flat-out damage 3. Uh, if you hit with the weapon, draw a straight line between the closest point of his base and that of the closest model in the target unit. Make a single wound roll against the target unit and each unit the center of the line passes over. So it's actually like a beam. Um, yeah, so you do your initial shot. Yeah. So you target something behind you. Yeah. And then yeah, exactly. You draw you draw like an old note like an old beam weapon uh, from you know seventh sixth and seventh edition, and that's it. Which is like it gives you a little bit of versatility anyway. Um, he's got the attendant's claw and teeth, um, which is just D six additional attacks at strength two. AP zero, damage one. Plague weapon, and it's a plague weapon. Uh, and Fospex bombs, which I really quite like. Um, so it's got a range of six inches. It's grenade two d six, strength five, AP minus one, damage one. Again, that's just that is uh, that's that's definitely thinning the chaff. So that's pretty handy. And of course, he hits on twos. So. And then, and then, we, you know, we talked about the scything blow, but we didn't talk about the eviscerating blow. So yes, yeah, so, so the eviscerating blow. Go ahead. So the eviscerating blow uh, basically makes Mortarian charge something, some big dumb idiot like an Imperial Knight. Yeah. And as everybody knows, I love my big dumb idiots. And if he charges said big dumb idiot, the, he's in for a world of hurt. It's times two strength. So I believe it's sixteen. <laughs> Yep. So you're going to wound almost everything on twos. Yeah. Don't forget um, you're subtracting one from their toughness as well. So yep. That all yep. Helps. Um, so you're going to wound almost everything on twos. And then you're going to do minus four AP. So very little is on two pluses. Yeah. Yep. Very little is going to get a save because, uh, you know, very little big things also have an invulnerable save. And then decent damage as a plague weapon. Well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's really good at just getting stuck in if he gets, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he's a bit and death to the false emperor, disgusting and resilient, as we mentioned. He's got Primarch of the Death Guard, which means you can reroll failed hits of ones made for friendly Death Guard units within seven inches. Toxic presence, as we said, enemy units within seven inches. Again, of Mortarian, you must subtract one from their toughness characteristic. So that's at all times. That applies yep. in the shooting phase as well and psychic phase and what have you. Uh, he's got the Barber and Plate, which is a four-up invulnerable. Uh, he's got three-up base um, anyway. Host of Plagues, roll of dice for each enemy unit is in seven inches. Start of the fight phase uh, and consult Mortarian's damage chart. If the roll equals or exceeds the required value of the unit, unit being rolled for, suffers D3 mortal wounds. So that starts at four plus. Uh, when he gets down to eight wounds, it goes to five plus. When he gets down to four wounds, it's six plus. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and Putrid Demise, as you said, when Mortarian loses his last wound after failing his disgustingly resilient roll roll a dice before removing the model from the battlefield on a 4 plus he explodes sharing all nearby in putrid filth and disease each unit within 7 inches suffers d3 mortal wound so even if you do kill him um, unless it's Nurgle unless it's got the Nurgle keyword um, no one thing I do want to I do want to compliment GW on is uh, the rules writing for this 
Uh, I'm really glad whether it was them or the playtesters, they actually went out of their way to clarify uh, clarify text and put in parentheses after failing his disgusting resilient role. So you don't have people arguing, well, I get it. I don't get it. Mm. I'm really glad, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's, but, but honestly, they're making strides in the right direction. Yeah. And I feel, I feel for this company when they do stuff like that, they deserve a kudos because they haven't done it in the past. And it's just about um, recognizing that that's how these things work with orders of operation mm-hmm. and what have you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that makes zero difference for your casual friendly player, um, but it just makes things a bit tighter and, and saves you saves you a discussion <laughs> on forums or, or even worse, on at the table uh, uh-huh. when people try and, uh, try and explode and shower you with filth, yet your model's still on the table. Um, oh, and uh, by the way, I want to wrap up one very important thing about Mortarian. Mm-hmm. He's way cooler looking than Magnus. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. I really like Magnus, though. I do, too. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Mortarian's face mask, but he is way cooler than Magnus in general. Mm. Just waiting for Angron. Just give me Angron. Um, <laughs> oh God! Yeah, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a monster. He's gonna fight eight times a turn. Yeah, but he's never he's he's gonna be like retired. He's never gonna get there. Of course he will. <laughs> he's gonna get shot with a with some big dumb macro weapon early in the game. With every fucking thing, because you're gonna need to shoot him with everything. Otherwise, you're dead. Um, which is fine. It just means all the berserkers get in anyway. Um, you know, and again, it wraps back to the whole Mortarian thing. I, you know, it's why I think Mortarian. I think Mortarian's really good. I just don't think he's great in Death Guard because. Well, that was the the main thing that we wanted to identify. Is this book like? Um, is this like the the specials of the day menu that you put towards your greater meal, or is it? literally just a book that survives on its own and functions for the people that only want to play Death Guard and compete Um. I think it can compete I do not think it is GT winning uh, without without a lot of luck, but I mean we've seen some lists that have won GTs that have required a lot of luck. Mm. Uh, but overall, I feel like the book itself is more of a supplement for Chaos Space Marines than it is a standalone. Yeah, and you know that that pains me a little bit because honestly, it's it's making it's making it so hard. It's making it so hard for me to enjoy any list I come up with that I look at it and I go, well, you know, if I cut 50% of what I have and just add in Chaos Space Marines, my list will be much stronger. But I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I, the list can be played. The army can be played solo. Um, I just think the soup is way stronger. By the way, that's what we—that's what we've been calling it over here, uh, you know, Imperial and Chaos Soup, because of the ability to just kind of put whatever you want wherever you want. Yeah, it's a nice stew. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we've been—we've been talking about um, the use of the stratagems and command points and what have you. Uh, and if you want to get those command points, you're going to be needing to uh, to use 
Uh, get those nine command points. You want to get those nine command points. It means you're going to have to use troops. Uh, and they've got quite a lot of options for filling in troops, which is good. Um, Nurglings. Yep. You're going to see Nurglings filling in, filling in troop slots, I think. Uh, I agree with you. Nurglings help you. Uh, Nurglings help out Mortarian because they help block out an Alpha Strike. Um, so Nurglings help you there. Nurglings help you in a Relic matchup, especially with this army because the army is slow. Nurglings are able to be your first unit placed down on a Relic, uh, which unfortunately is still played here in the States. I don't know if, if your tournaments over there have finally gotten, gotten with the times and got rid of Relic. Um, but you're able to place it, place Nurglings as your very first drop on a relic, and you know now you're stopping enemy infiltrators. You're forcing them to kill your Nurglings in order to secure the relic. So you're basically keeping it in place for one turn, because like let's be honest, something like Celestine is going to kill your Nurglings. But if you can keep them in place for a turn, that gives you you know the ability to to kind of get your slow lumbering army in position to contest. Hmm. So, I mean, I have Nurglings in almost every one of my lists, at least one, if not two units. Um, you've got normal cultists, as well as poxwalkers, um, which have been bumped up to four points. Yep. Do they have any abilities? No. No, uh... Cultists, in my opinion, are just there if you're looking at the stratagems mm. for the dead walk again stratagem. Mm. So uh, we can go over that whenever you want, but yeah, we're getting enough is relevant now. Um, I was going to do all the stratagems in one go. Um, oh yeah, that's fine. But let's let's do that one now, given that it's relevant. We have done a couple of them. Uh, so the dead walk again is a one command point stratagem you use at the beginning of your movement phase uh, you select a unit of pox walkers until the start of your next movement phase you replace that curse of the pork and pox which is if they kill a model in close combat they add a pox walker an infantry model excuse me um, I gotta I gotta mention that because I play against Justin Cook and he likes to run he likes to run drones and drones unfortunately not infantry, not infantry. Um, but regardless it's uh, you use this stratagem uh, then each time an infantry model other than a poxwalker, friend or foe is slain within seven inches of this unit yeah. you add one model to the unit so death guard cultists are just inferior in every way other than points cost to cast space marine cultists you have two main you have three main reasons for this you don't have the ability to alpha strike or, or to alpha legion so yeah. Yeah, so you can't infiltrate, and you don't get minus one to hit across the, the wide spectrum. And if you're minus one hitting a cultist unit, you're not minus one hitting something else with psychic power. Yeah. So, you know, you don't get that. You don't have the uh, tie, endless tide of cultists stratagem. Two points, basically recycle them. Uh, you don't have the ability to to adjust their leadership with either a Dark Apostle because their ver uh, the version for Death Guard is the Taliban. He does not give a leadership bump or you cannot go Iron Warriors and make them fearless. So you don't have those three key things that are working to make, make cultists efficient and, you know, re well, just really, really good. 
you get uh, plate bearers, of course, as well um, as troops. Mm-hmm. Plate bearers, I think, are still great. I like plate bearers a lot. Um, and of course, plague marines and poxwalkers and poxwalkers. But yeah, we've mentioned we kind of mentioned poxwalkers. Yeah, but I think poxwalkers deserve an extra little bit of mention because they are beautiful little <laughs> zombie men of my dreams. Splendid stuff. So, talk me through plague marines in this book. Um, so, plague marines and chaos space marines got a big buff because they got the updated data slate. They have the updated data slate in here as well. Uh, so, you know, they're still movement five, strength four, toughness five. Uh, one wound, I really wish they had two wounds since they're, you know, the equivalent of Primaris Marines. But, you know, whatever. Gripe. Uh, you got some fancy new weapons. Um, you have the Plague Belcher. It's a plague weapon. It's a Salt D6, nine-inch flamer. Uh, you know, just regular flamer. Uh, auto hits. You have the Plague Spewer, which yep. is a heavy flamer. Auto hits. Plague weapon. You have the Blight Launcher, which you had previously, but it's a plague weapon. It's strength 6, AP minus 2, D3 damage, assault 2, 24 inches. I really love the Blight Launcher because of the the chapter tactic, which I believe we actually skipped. Um, but then you have bulk guns. Bolt guns are just good. They're rapid fire one, 24 inches. You know, bolters killed conscripts and chaff really well. You can take plasma, and then you have the the fancy new close combat weapons. So you have like the bubonic axe, which is a plus one strength, minus two AP plague weapon. You have the flail of corruption, which is not, in my opinion, not good on plague marines, but I think one of the best close combat weapons I have seen out of new stuff. Uh, it is plus two strength, minus two AP, two damage, plague weapon. So again, you know, either reroll ones or reroll all failed wounds. Make D three hit rolls for each attack of this weapon instead of one. So it kind of goes back to the way that silence works or Titanic feats. So you could on a plague marine or a plague champion, you could have either you know one d three or two d three attacks. So on a plague champion, it's actually kind of respectable. But here's the big thing. Excess damage from this weapon is not lost. Instead, keep allocating damage to another model in the target mm-hmm. unit until either all have been destroyed or all have been allocated or the unit has been destroyed. So wounds carry over from it. So, you know, again, you talk about cheap chaff. You're able to kind of get in on, on some of these units, whether it's an infantry squad from guard slash conscripts or a pox walker unit or cultists. You know, you're getting in on you're getting in on these units or drones. And then you're going, okay, each one two damage. Okay, bam, two dead guys. You know, you're not wasting you don't waste your attacks like you do with some things like the malefic talons on the demon princess, for yeah. instance. I think that's really good subtly as well in terms of um, morale because you get the um, you've got the mortal wounds as well so that adds up uh, to the battle shot uh, and Icon of Despair um, yep which um, subtracts one from leadership so all of those wounds that are adding up and the mortal wounds that you're just plinking off as well um, 
and then again your icon of despair your flail corruption yeah. all rolls back and synergizes with your noxious blightbringer yeah which is a seven inch bubble of minus one leadership mm-hmm. and if you're a psyker minus two leadership so again you know everything in this book it, like you know everything just kind of synergizes really really well only a few things kind of stand out with with very little to no synergy um in the book and, and that's one of the things i love about the book and one of the reasons why i'm having such a hard time writing lists because i write a list and i get all my synergy going and i go well damn do you think a to will let me bring a 2600 point list to their 2000 point <laughs> event <laughs> Too many tools, um, man. Too many tools. Exactly. And then you have, you know, you have your great play cleaver, which is basically their, uh, basically a thunder hammer mm-hmm. for, for plague marines, which is sweet. Uh, you have a ma- the mace of contagion, which is three damage plague weapon. Um, again, it's like, uh, it, it's kind of like a power fist, but not exactly. It's only plus two strength. strength. But you still get the the unwieldy minus one to hit. Yep. But it is still a plague weapon. Yep. And then you have your standard plague weapons, and you have blight grenades. It's Mm. important to note they have blight grenades. So six-inch grenade D6, strength three, zero, one damage plague weapon. Yeah. So you you have blight grenades. So... It's a big thing. And then you have your Vectors of Death and Disease um, as a special rule, so you can arm them with two Plague Knives, and you um, you can increase their attack characteristics to two. If you were able to... If that was, like, an ability, I was able to basically trigger on a unit and add... Everybody would have two attacks, and I can give base a base guy with two attacks a flail. I would actually be really happy. With with like a you know with a unit kind of based around that, but unfortunately I can't and you know I can't have my cake and eat it too. No, no, you may not, sir. (laughs) (coughs) So that's the troop section, Um, and yeah, let's go over. You mentioned the the the, I'm doing air quotes again. Chapter tactics. Um, So the rules I mentioned at the start apply to any units in this book. Which was the disgustingly resilient and that sort of stuff. Um, the signs of Materian only apply, uh, these rules only apply when they're from battle forged uh, armies that are Death Guard detachments. So only Death Guard units in the detachment. So when you're playing soup, you don't get these. Um, so the inexorable advance is the one you were referring to. So if your army is battle-forged, all infantry and hellbrute for- hell units uh, in Death Guard detachments gain this ability. Such units do not suffer a penalty for moving and firing heavy weapons or for advancing and firing assault weapons. In addition, the unit with this ability can fire twice with rapid-fire weapons at a range of 18 inches instead of only being able to fire twice uh, at half the weapon's maximum range. So, again... That's your relentless. Yeah. You know, and and it's exactly that. You have relent, you basically have old relentless, and then the added benefit of the rapid fire, and it makes that, it gives you that methodical feel. And that rapid fire is huge on bolters and plasma and all that. So it's, it's, really couples well and really like synergizes well. You know, it's, 
you're able to effectively double tap into units with mass bolters and be you know largely outside of threat range for them because you know most units move six so if i'm double tapping you at 18 inches what are you going to do 12 inch charge me okay you know so it gives you a lot of a lot of options and it helps it helps limit the fact that your army is slow you know your your base movement in this book is basically just five inches so you're an inch slower than pretty much every other infantry uh unit so you know that that adds up things like pox walkers for instance they're only a four inch move so you know it it, it little things tie up now they don't they don't necessarily buff the or they don't get buffs from that that ability but there's other reasons why i mentioned them and you'll we'll cover those in the uh in the um command points yeah stratagems um, yeah there you go they also get the um obsec basically it's called play coast yep. um, where troops get what is effectively the obsec rule um which you're probably going to use because you're going to want those uh, command points Yep. Um, like you said, the elite section is jam-packed, full of new units, six new units. Yep. Um, many characters. Uh, you got the new Terminators in here as well. What do you think of these? Because the models so, blended. So, it depends on which Terminators you're talking about. I so I love both of them. I have a unit of both of these Terminators from 30k. The Blight Lord Terminators are just straight up Grave Wardens. And death shrouds or death shrouds. Yeah. The death shrouds are overcosted. Um, you know, they, they come back to one of those things. They're you know, they're it's a tough pill to swallow. They come in in minimum unit of three. Uh, and then you can add I think it's up to three more. So I believe they go up to six. But they're seventy five points per model. So, 75 points per model. Now, if they get into combat, they are pretty beastly in combat. They all have man reapers. They're all strength 8 plague weapons with AP minus 3, D3 damage. Uh, They have a a decent pistol that is an auto-hit D6 shots plague weapon. They're in the cataphracty armor, which is is big for... Which is big for... um, Again, durability. Yeah, durability, but but the Nurgle guys in particular have access to this. So Cataphracty is slower, four inch move. Four inch move. You you have your advance, uh, but you get a four up invulnerable save. Yeah. So now we're talking about units that are toughness five, that have a better invulnerable save than standard Terminators, and have disgustingly resilient. The other thing about Death Shrouds is you know they're a synergy unit they uh friendly death guard or death guard characters within three inches except mortarian get an additional attack uh and then they have lookout sir silent bodyguard roll a die each time a friendly death guard character is hit by a ranged or melee weapon whilst he was in three inches of this unit two plus one of death shrouds intercepts that hit the character is not hit by the attack but the unit is instead Why so does that not work from two? The 
the silent bodyguard does the eyes of mortarian specifically states that it excludes oh, it so about yeah it's two it's two separate rules so mm-hmm. eyes of mortarian is the additional attack characteristic and it specifically says excluding him and then the silent bodyguard does not this you know here's one of the things that goes back to mortarian i said about if you really want to build a list around mortarian where mortarian's going to survive yeah. you need that synergy i think that shroud provide that you can move mortarian up warp time mortarian in front of somebody's face minus one to hit mortarian and then the whole time you're doing this you're able to pre-measure everything and you just you teleport strike them in to write about where mortarian's going to be yeah. and you go okay you're going to shoot mortarian because you can make it you're going to shoot mortarian i'm just going to say that and then um because i don't want to get ahead of myself uh-huh. and and then you know these guys oh you shoot mortarian with the last cannon sweet i'll intercept that the downside i have is it's the old lookout sir to an extent you don't have the option i think if they had the option they would be a little bit more viable but now you know you have to deal with them also soaking up small arms fire so they have to do it on a two plus so that's kind of a downside again for an expensive model it's 75 points per model Hmm. for essentially a blade of wounds for mortarian slash other characters but mostly mortarian i mean there's most almost every other character you can just hide behind your blade of wounds of uh you know uh, can't be targeted so let's look at the blight lord terminators now now these guys i think are stellar mm-hmm. they are i want to say eight points more expensive than than regular chaos space marines uh, but uh, 38 combi bolt or a bell sword of the body packs so that's 45 they're 45 they're 45 points the cheapest loadout 46 Unless a bubonic axe is cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's 45 points. Uh, Regular Chaos Space Marine is, I want to say they're 30 points base. So we're talking, you know, an 8 points base difference. Um, But I'm actually pulling up my points real quick now to take a double look. Uh, Chaos Terminators are 31 points. So we're talking a 7 point base difference. Um, for seven points, what do you get? You're a little bit slower. Your toughness five. You have a four up and vulnerable save. You have disgusting and resilient. So for seven points, you're getting a much more durable unit. Uh, then you couple that with with the rapid fire. You, you turn these guys into like, I, I, so I've been struggling because I've been running or been making lists where I'm running around eight to 10 of these guys and I'm trying to uh, plasma bomb with them. So with the plasma bomb, you know, you're getting that 18 inch rapid fire, which 
it's a lot easier to bubble wrap 12 inches than it is 18 inches and stop the the rapid fire which means if these guys deep strike in they can rapid fire things and they put out the same uh, amount of damage output as the current go-to term bomb which is slanesh shooting twice because you know at 18 inches i'm putting out 20 shots at you know at 12.1 inches you're putting out 20 shots for two command points so i'm saving command points and i'm putting out extra i'm putting out extra shots uh so they're really good they're more durable i love them love them to death they have R of Rust, which I talked about earlier in the game, where they're plus one, or on a six plus, they're plus one AP. Uh, they specifically use um, the axe, actually, becomes AP2, becomes AP3. Yep. And then on top of all of this, I love tossing these guys with flails. The reason I've been running them is 10. I've been running eight Plasma Bros, and two flail guys, one on the champion, because he has three attacks, and one on a regular guy. So now, when I when I'm getting into combat, I'm getting five D three attacks where the wounds all carry over. They're all plague weapons. You know, these guys are coming in swinging at at strength six. So again, against conscripts and all that, you hit that break point. It's not like old. It's not like old forty um, k where you know your break point was a five. It's now at six. So they're able to hit that magic break point. Uh, then you're able to still do things like vets them. Uh, you know, you're able to vets them. You're able to cast your psychic power on them, where the plague weapons are plus one to wound, as well as mortal wounds. So even against big tanks, where you would normally be fives and the fours, you're going fives and the fours and the threes. Again, with plague weapons, re-rolling ones. If you have the great warlord trait, re-rolling failed wounds. You know, they're really, really good. They're just expensive, but it's terminators. It seems kind of like um, like very war machiney, very like very like um, World of Warcraft actually as well, where you just want to proc stuff and get it to explode and do oh, yeah. way more damage than it should that is, do. Yep, that is this that is this book. This book, you know, this book actually plays. You mentioned World of Warcraft. When I first was going over this book, I was reading everything about it between rumors and then just even like going through and and dabbling with like list ideas and bouncing things off of people. Uh, you know, this book, this book is the Warhammer version of an unholy death knight. Everything about this book is, you know, getting up these little these little, you know, pecking pecking plagues that then all of a sudden you start exploding all over the place and you're just like what's going on i'm taking a bunch of extra wounds that i'm getting nothing against you know one thing leads to another it all it all culminates it just keeps going and going it's just really really good mm. <sighs> i think we should be getting to fast attack because uh, we, we covered the characters already well they've got hell brutes and beasts they have beasts of Nurgle as well. They do, they do. Um, you know, you got beasts of Nurgle. You have, uh, you have, you have like almost all of the demons outside of um, the like uh, greater demons. But that was also the the general like feel with Chaos Space Marines and stuff like that. Mm. So it, it kind of feels like you know all of the 
cults and the Chaos Space Marines will have access to just demons in general for their army, while you will have a demon's army will have access to the greater uh, the greater demons. Uh, they also get possessed as well, which don't have the um, disgustingly resilient rule. They do not? No. Well, you know, honestly, I haven't looked at possessed in probably five, in the last like five years. <laughs> so um, I didn't. Possessed were like, I don't know, people were, people were talking about possessed when the chaos book first came out. Um, they, I remember people. that corn berserkers are infinitely superior but so the last time i remember possessed being a legitimate like conversation piece was actually crimson slaughter when you can get like the two up re-rollable possessed if like the gods aligned or something mm-hmm. I, but i remember people like trying to force it and basically like oh this is this is the new screamer start actually has damage output and it never came to have any of that You know what? To... You know what's good about Possessed, though. Go on. In this book, I'm looking at it. They move seven inches. Yeah, I guess you have that. It's definitely like the highest movement for infantry in this. Uh... Hellbrutes as well. I've got that would be kind of half decent. They've got movement eight. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the Hellbrutes. They just unfortunately straws, man. Well, here's so here's my thing with Hellbrutes. I went back to talking about synergy. Mm. Hellbrutes and Defilers, which are also in this book, do not have do not synergize well like everything else. No, because all the stuff that um, is benefited by most. I mean, well, Hellbrutes do get to um, ignore. They get the uh, relentless, so they get to ignore. So they can lumber forward or move forward yep. very quickly uh, compared to the rest of the army and still be effective in terms of shooting so they do benefit in that but yeah most of the other stuff in the army isn't benefiting from much of the uh, the area of effect yeah and and you know the big thing with this army is uh outside honestly outside of the the blight uh the blight terminators there's very little in this army that i'm just like oh my god i want this unit that blight terminator squad is just you know super durable super super high damage output really just really good and almost everything else in this army is does not like tick those boxes like the the blight lords are expensive but they feel like i for me it feels like they have they have efficiency tact because they are survivable where most of the other stuff in this book doesn't feel like that because of that you need to take all the little synergy bits and bobs to kind of turn you know, maybe your plague marines into an actual powerhouse or you know your pox walkers into again a powerhouse you have to take all these little bits and bobs that, that really benefit your army shore up some weaknesses well the nice thing is most of the characters they only cost like 70 points yeah. uh, they, they're all revolve around 70 because Ner- again nurgle's number is seven which is a cute and b really good because you know it allows you to get the synergy in there without breaking the bank but you know now when you're ta- you're ta- you're putting in like a hellbrute tax basically because you want to get that relentless it just it doesn't feel it and there's better options in the book that we'll be getting to very shortly in my opinion 
Fair enough. We'll move on to the fast attack. Um, so yeah, they've got obviously the bloat, uh, fetid bloat drone. Which you see now. The fetid bloat drone has is really good. It was really good in the index. It's still really good. It's a little bit on the expensive side. It comes in at 158 points for the plague spitters. But the big thing with it is, it gives you speed. Uh, it, so it gives you speed it's an assault weapon so you can advance and fire it it auto hits it's a plague weapon and it's base strength is six degrades down to a four really good i think it's the best of the three options that you now have but there are that's a big thing you have three options now you have a flesh mower which i think is amazing looking a gorgeous model i've seen pictures of it uh but it's plus two strength Minus two AP, two damage, and when the drone attacks, you make six additional attacks with the weapon. So now your you know your photo blow drone goes from three attacks to nine attacks. It's close combat. Yeah, <coughs> and then you have your heavy blight launcher, which is assault six, strength six, AP minus two, D three damage. So just a blight launcher with more shots. It's three blight launchers strapped on. <laughs> um, but you know this is a this is a really good model because it's has a five up invulnerable save has a good armor save has disgustingly resilient and it gives you the mobility as well which again yep um, they're moving 10 inches from the start so and you know with the fact that it's using plague weapons and all that it's checking all of your boxes it's it's burly you know it's toughness seven it's a vehicle so you can use it to tie things up and then you know just face check things like tar oxes stuff like that you might not kill them but who cares um and you know it, it basically ticks all of these check boxes and then adds in a little bit of synergy oh and it has fly and it has fly which is fantastic um almost forgot that's amazing it is um and then you have the older version which is the Mythitic Blight Haulers so these guys are brand new yeah I love them is it part They're of the kit good. like is it a dual build kit I don't know if it's part of the kit honestly I have six eight ten plague dr uh, bloat drones right now because I may have gone a little overboard with uh with my um starter set so that's the only way I know about the blow drones. It might be part of the kit. It might not. I don't know. Because uh, the only thing they've announced with this codex, or the only thing that comes out with this codex right now, is Mortarian, the codex, and then one of the uh, like fluff pieces uh, that I think has three characters. Um, but otherwise, the Terminators are not out yet. There'll be a splash release. Blight Haulers, I assume, are the same thing, and some of the other stuff. Um, plague, drones, plague Drones are in here. Um, Spawn's in here as well. Spawn, I'm really not... I'm really disappointed by Spawn in this. Me too. It's a shame because they're really cool. You know what else I'm disappointed in? The fact that Chaos Spawn, for whatever reason, do not have disgustingly resilient. Like you know, that's like one of the one of the things. Like I looked at, it and I'm just like, hmm, this should have disgustingly resilient. <clears throat> uh, like drones, what do you think of those? 
I think Plague Drones are good. They got into the extra wound, and I believe they went down a couple points. So overall, I mean, you you can't you can't knock buffs. I think it's I think it's good. I still think they're better in an actual Chaos Demon army. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would because of GW's ruling, you would utilize this Thetis slate and all that for them. But uh, I think they're better. They they fit better because they give you mobility, but they don't they don't hark harp into all of the all of the. Um, synergy as much and they don't have keyword death guard uh, and the plague weapons are not plague weapons either correct uh, well the death head is they're they're bolt pistols you know what I mean the sword but yeah they're, well their sword is but it's better because you get to re-roll everything all fell wounds yeah but you're not getting the the cool and the rot the rot fly is not is not a plague weapon either so the the fly is where all like the real damage is coming from, uh, you know, because otherwise the plague drone, the plague drone dude man Broskis has one attack, the champion has two attacks, um, so you know you're not really getting your attacks out of your plague swords, you're getting the attacks out of afterwards you make four extra attacks that are strength four AP nothing to damage. Uh, they do. They actually. I, I'm. I'm. In a, they're not a plague weapon, but they do get the reroll failed wound. So they're they're the demon plague. But again, I think I think they function a little bit better in chaos demon because the chaos demon powers uh, are suited pretty well for them. You know, you can heal wounds, you can increase their their damage, stuff like that. Where you where the other stuff in this book doesn't. Now, we did just basically finish this section. But I do want to jump back to the blight haulers real quick. The one big thing I want to I want to cover with these is um, it, it, I want to jump back because I feel these are the replacement to hellbrutes in this book. Okay, um, that's interesting. So reason being, they are vehicle, same amount of wounds, toughness seven. I think hellbrutes are toughness seven as well. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're toughness seven. Yeah, they both are. Same amount. Of um, wounds. Yep. Now these guys hit on fours, wound on fours, or hit on fours and shooting in close combat. Eh. But it goes back to synergy. They have putrescent fog, so friendly death guard infantry units that are entirely within seven inches of a blight hauler gain the benefits of cover without uh, when making armor saves. And remember, entirely does not mean the whole base. It means the base has to be entirely within, just like uh, disembarking from a vehicle. Uh, you have the putrid explosion, which is actually a big thing. A lot of things explode in this book really well. Again, mortal wounds. Um, so when things go down, they go down in great big heaping pus-filled vats of fire. Um, they're demonic, so they have a 5-plus invulnerable save. They have the special rule called Trilobe. Add one to all hit rolls for, made for this unit whilst it contains three models. So if you take three of them, they're, I think they come out to like 137 points a model, uh, something like that. Eh, not bad. 
tri-tracked. This is a big thing. Unit does not suffer the penalty for moving and firing heavy weapons. Yep. So it doesn't be- it doesn't benefit from the chapter tactic. It has its own rule. So now, the same thing you're most likely going to end up putting on to a Hellbrew missile launcher multi-melter. You might you might take a, like a last cannon instead. They don't have an option for that. But you know you're getting you're getting anti-tank options at range that synergize well, and that's a weakness in both Death Guard and Chaos Space Marine is ranged anti-tank. You know, in Chaos Space Marine, you're probably your best efficient one is Obliterators, which do not exist in this book. Um, but you know, they're still random. So they could they could whiff. Like I watched uh, Nick Natavati's one game against Andrew Gagno at Nova and he was like strength seven, one AP, one damage. And he used reroll. And it was just like he couldn't kill a Tarox. Mm-hmm. Well, this is giving you, you know, this is giving you something that when you're taking it in your army, it's giving you that that ability to reach out and touch things. But it's also still synergizing and buffing the army, which is huge. So I think these are the replacement for Hellbrutes in this book. And I think they're they're a much better improvement over Hellbrutes. And I think they're a cool model as well. They are they are a sweet looking model. Uh, they got better movement as well, movement ten. So yep. marginally better. I don't. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they do not have. Yeah, they don't have fly. No. Which I mean makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Which makes. Which makes. Hey man, demon bro. That's true. Um, They are less. Obviously, they're less effective in terms of their accuracy, uh, and they've got less attacks in close combat as well. But other than that. There. But when you take them in a unit, when you take them in a unit of three, yep. their accuracy is the same. They also have a special ability called foul stench. So when you're attacking them, you subtract one to hit. Yeah, and of course they always get cover as well. Yep. <coughs> yeah, I like those. You're definitely gonna. They've definitely replaced hell brutes. Yeah. Uh, of course, they get all the other crap you'd expect for Chaos Marines, Defilers, Land Raiders, all that malarkey, blah, 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 blah. They, oh, the good thing is that these are fast attackers. Oh, that's good. And yeah, they are fast attack as well. So they're 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 in kind of, you know, your fast attack I really is float drones and blight haulers. Blight haulers are a little bit easier pill to swallow because they're a little bit cheaper. They buff everything. Blow drones are really good. I'm not saying they're not, but they're, it's a little bit easier pill to swallow. Um, and you know, again, they don't they don't fight for a bloated slot. Mm. Now, the only demon engine in heavy support to note is the filer. So it, they only get the filers, and then their new demon engines. They don't have access to Mauler fiends or uh, Forge fiends, or as you said earlier, Hell Drakes. I want to love the filer so much. They got they went down so much in points, but I'm just not. It, you know what? If this the filer had demonic uh, or uh, disgustingly resilient, I would be all over it. Mm. Why do you think that is? Is that just so they can just keep things balanced? And um... uh, do you mean for the defiler? Yeah, like so. There's not. Um, if you had chapter specific, 
you get it in you get it in the space Marine book right um for certain yeah. things so so honestly i think they they're keeping the filers kind of kind of blase because the filers are historically the the very bland version i mean you have soul grinders for the demonic version which have a little bit more flavor and then for nurgle in particular you also have the forge world uh version which is even more flavor so i think they, they purposely keep the filers a little um a little flat for that reason yeah but I mean, the filers. I think the filers got like a base, like almost sixty point decrease. So you know, th- that was a problem on paper. They're really good. The scourge is you know makes when you're getting in combat really good. Like th- this this thing pu- puts out if it gets into combat, it puts out um, four. So if it gets into combat at its best profile, it puts out four strength sixteen. AP minus three D six attacks, mm. and then it puts out three strength four or strength twelve AP minus two three damage attacks. So it's putting out a lot of close combat punch. Uh, but you know th- this thing suffers mostly from the fact of what most team managers suffer from. They are. Uh, they are kind of a mixed bag and they're a mixed bag and your shooting is relegated to essentially orc shooting as you're trying to get into combat it's where you specialize but that being said one of the big things with the defiler is you're not charged for the battle cannon anymore you were i'm almost positive you were in the index they went down in points cost so if you're losing out on that shooting it's not the worst in the world but you know like this is something that if they didn't get discussing resilient i would have liked to see it at least get the ability to utilize the chapter tactics and i think the filers should be really close to like hell brutes and that facts that i think the filers because they are the quintessential crab walker of chaos space marines mm-hmm. they should benefit from um chapter tactics but alas gw the big bosses uh think otherwise um, so let's look at the new one then, the Plague Burst Crawler, which is basically just a bombard. Yeah, so the Plague Burst Crawler, I really want to love it, mm. um, and I'm really on the fence for love. They come up to I think 152 points. Yeah, so it, it's not that expensive. It's not too insanely spent expensive. So the big thing with it is that I believe it's 110 points base. The mortar I know is free. Two plague splitters is thirty-four. And the heavy slugger is six, so that's an extra forty. So yeah, one fifty. Now I like it with entropy cannons, to be honest. Okay. So the reason I like it is the plague burst mortar allows you to target things that are not visible. The entropy cannons are basically last cannons. They are only strength eight. It is on a platform that has a four plus to hit, uh, but they're not they're not too crazy expensive. Uh, you know, you can get them. They're still cheaper than they're cheaper than an auto cannon heavy bolter predator, and well, they're just better than an auto cannon heavy bolter predator. Um, 
The Plague Burst Mortar is nice because if you want to with this vehicle uh, in the guard matchup, there is uh, Nick Nadavati has a very specific flow chart for how he makes a list now. Does it kill conscripts? Yeah, or guards like guard models? Yes slash no. Does it kill uh, Taroxes? Yes slash no. If it does either of those, it's probably okay to do. If it does both of them, I believe he says he spams them. I look at the Plague Burst Crawler and I go, well, you know what? It kills mortars. It's not efficient at killing mortars because it is a 150 point tank, but it kills mortars and can still dump two entropy cannons into into uh, a Tarox. So I like it. I like it a lot. And it's also more durable than than a uh, than a predator. It's got the three up armor save of a predator. Yeah. It's an additional toughness. It's got an additional wound. Has disgustingly resilient, and has demonic. So, mm. if you get shot at by a last cannon, you have a five up and vulnerable save, followed by five up feel no pain for however many wounds get through. And it's toughness eight with twelve wounds as well, which is yep. superior. Um. Yeah, I really really like it. Like, I want to love it, but I haven't honestly made lists with it yet. But, like, I look at it on paper and I go, I really, really want to like this, this gun, or this uh, tank. And I think it has a lot of potential. And again, another thing is, turn one, you had that plague weapon on that mortar. So you're able to reroll your damages and stuff like that. So three of these guys firing on turn one, yeah. if your warlord's nearby you know you can actually put in a pretty decent hurt without having to do much much work on your end hmm. I, I like how the the new units actually come in and they fulfill distinct roles and they're they kind of it's a shame but they kind of make a lot of the older units redundant so you're definitely yeah. going to see it's not just like it's not just a chaos space marine army painted green it's a whole bunch of new units you're going to see working together uh, in, a, in a in an interesting way yep um, and with these slightly faster moving units um, and the other stuff that you have access to I mean you're not gonna especially with the points of, of how things are you're probably not gonna see like rhinos and transports and stuff it's all gonna be shuffling across the table with a bit of teleport and a bit of summoning um, and either the the fetid uh, drones or plague drones even as well possibly you might use those um, zipping around yeah <clears throat> and then yeah, just have uh, everything else shambling up behind it so uh, absolutely you know again the army is very slow and methodical uh it's designed around that um and you, you hit the nail on the head it is difficult getting rhinos and stuff like that because you do pay a premium for the added survivability yeah which so, is why you need to find um the most efficient ways to fill in the slots, get the most, get these stratagems out. So let's go through the stratagems because obviously we haven't done those yet, uh, and it's such an important part of how uh, these these new codexes work. Um, aside from like the the indexes, <coughs> uh, and we've obviously seen a lot of these with uh, 
with the previews, but there's 8, 12, 13, 14 in here. Some of them are uh, renamed or reskinned uh, flyovers from Chaos Space Marine. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the Chaos Familiar of Nurgle is the same as Chaos Familiar. And a couple of the other ones, they, you know, they're just, but a couple of them are new, you know, Death Guard specific. Yeah. So the classic Nurgle's Rot is the only out and out 3CP one in here. Most of them are all one. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. there's only one that's two. So, um, so Nurgle's Rot, select a friendly Death Guard character in the shooting phase. Roll a d6. It can only be used once for once per battle. Hmm. Uh, d6 for every unit within seven inches of them, and a four plus the unit rolled suffers d3 mortal wounds. Nurgle models cannot suffer wounds from Nurgle's Rot. In fact, they find it rather refreshing. Um, three p three CPs kind of a lot, but it's especially given that it's only like d3 mortals on a four plus that that could be one (laughs) could be nothing um it's a unit within seven so uh, of a character i think nurgle rot really only shines if you have mortarian because he has a massive footprint Mm -hmm. so that seven inches is going to be Oh, you know, nice and nice around, and, and now we're talking D three in the shooting phase for him doing nothing. Uh, you know, it start the turn anyway. He does it in the shooting phase now, and of course, he does it in the fight phase. Yep. So now, you know, again, it's all about that synergy. It's bam, bam, bam. You know, all of a sudden, it's it's I'm sprinkling out mortal wounds all over the place, and with a with a footprint like that, if you're in combat, it's like, you know, I, I spike rolled a three. Well, bye bye, commissar. You know, like you, you know, so it's it's good. It's just I think it's only really good on on Mortarian, mm. but you know, at the same time, it, it, you know, it, it all goes back to that synergy of this book, which is one of the things I like the most, and it's honestly the thing that drives me nuts the most because I want everything. Uh, of course, you can only use these uh, if you include Death Guard detachments. So if you are slapping Mortarian in a generic Chaos detachment, ain't gonna get these. Um, so again cost comes into play and it's ironic that that's that's such an expensive stratagem to use um given that expense and cost is is a major thing in this book the next one i really like though i think it's really so, really good real quick on, on that statement funny enough if you read up top it says if your army is battleforged includes any death guard detachments excluding yeah. auxiliary support detachments yeah. so if you take just mortarian as a lord of war detachment no why not? It's not an exo- it's not an auxiliary support detachment. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, so just Mortarian in a soup, you you know you could open up <coughs> to you could open up these these stratagems. But I mean, obviously, if you're just taking Mortarian, you're not going to get the benefit from all the synergy of said ones. And so moving on to Cloud of Flies, which I really like. That's only one command point. Um, mm-hmm. You can use it as your movement phase and uh, select a Death Guard infantry unit until the start of your next movement phase. Enemy models can only shoot this unit if it's the closest visible target. Um, I like this for Death Shrouds. I like this for... Um, Blight Lords. Blight Lords. Uh, 
I like it also for um, like big units of plague marines. You were talking about yep. taking big units of plague marines as well, uh, and yep. of course, um, it's not so great on the pox walkers because they're probably going to be one of the closest visible targets anyway because they're going to be up front. Now, um, now here's the thing though: if you cloud of flies a pox walker unit, yeah, and then you have cultists in front of it. And you utilize the dead walk again. What are they going to kill? <laughs> you know. So basically, you're 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 basically saying you have to shoot my pox or you have to, to shoot, shoot and give cultists and yeah and give me pox walkers. Yeah. So. So you know, That's cool. it, it's again, it, it's that synergy. It's that give and take. And I think cloud of flies is. Arguably one of the best. I think Cloud of Flies and Veterans of the Long War are the two best stratagems in the game right now. Mm. You know, and it's early. You know, we don't have many codexes, but only one codex has access to both of them, and that's Death Guard. And now we were talking about the survivability on that Terminator bomb. I quite and like all, um... and all the mobility. If you get your photos out in front. And then you drop in that Terminator bomb. Now, not only is it more survivable than a Chaos Space Marine one for seven points more, but it literally cannot be shot. I think it's hilarious that the fact that you uh, you can put the the cultists in front of the pox walkers and the shooting that they have to put out is entirely redundant because any models they kill you're going to get back for your pox exactly um, and you're going to get back and they're going to be more dur- more durable which and means, then you just <coughs> yeah you're basically you're basically spending your shooting to buff my cultists yeah exactly uh, so you're buffing me and then my next turn I'm simply going to go minus one to hit yeah. uh, minus one to hit plus one toughness and that's assuming that there's no cultist left for you for me to force you to shoot at I really like it full one command point uh, I think that's yeah. fantastic uh, grandfather's blessing is the other expensive one at 2 CP uh, you can use a strategy at the end of your movement phase select a death guard infantry unit uh, one model in the unit regains D3 lost wounds if there are no wounded models in the unit single model in the unit was slain early in the battle is returned to the unit with a single wound remaining um, now, cool for like 75 point um that's right. Yep, exactly. Now that is a, that is the exact co- carbon copy from the Chaos Space Marine Codex, except mm-hmm. the Chaos Space Marine Codex. It's Nurgle, and it states uh, bikes, but obviously in this codex they don't have access to bikes. So, but you're not getting any of these cool new units. Even um, Fire Frenzy is one CP. Yep, that's the Hellroot one. Yep. Future Detonation. Is really cool. Explodes, which is good because their explode is extra good. Yep. Um, blasphemous machines. Yeah, you get the uh, ignore the penalties for moving and firing heavy weapons on vehicles. Yep. So, <coughs> pretty decent if you have to re- re- uh, relocate your um, you get that your plague burst crawlers. Yeah. Or we you know we were talking about the filers and how it's kind of a penalty because the unit wants to get in so if you want to get your shots off you can pop one command point on there i'm pretty sure um 
Chaos Space Marines has this exact one as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's still it's still uh, pretty decent. Uh, Gifts of Decay. That's the standard uh, get bonus relics for one or yep. three CPs. Uh, Chaos Familiar of Nurgle. Again, we said standard uh, Chaos Familiar, but for Death Guard Psychers, and only from the Contagion discipline. Kill Shot is the Predator one. Same again. So a lot of this is uh, is regurgitated, but yep. I think their specific ones are great. The Dead Walk again. Select a unit of Poxwalkers until the start of your next movement phase. Any infantry model, friend or foe, other than the Poxwalker, you add model, add a model to unit. So yeah, we went through that again. One CP for that, fantastic. For, so for two CPs, you're you're actually making cultists really useful. You're protecting your army. You're actually making your army better for two CP. Um, and if you are running a, a battalion, so battalion's the big one, right? Yeah. Yeah, battalion. Then you got the points to play. Or with. brigade. Brigade. Brigade's a big one. But, but actually, uh, most of my lists, I've been getting most of my lists together with three battalions anyway. Mm. So I've been, you know, most of my lists have been revolving around 12 command points. Now, I do want to say the Dead Walk again it does have a distinct uh, weakness in the fact that a really, really, really good player can utilize it to uh, dictate your movement and your deployment and all that. Mm. So that is my concern with it because, you know, if I play like Andrew Gagne or something, uh, he, it forces me to death ball. Because if I don't... Explain that just, concept for the listeners. So the problem with this is it's a proactive... The, the reason that it functions this way is it's a proactive... Uh, it's a proactive expenditure instead of reactive. So I can't do it when like I can't trigger it when somebody targets one of my units I have to do it in the movement phase mm. which all that simply means is if I blow the command point and there are other targets and other things you know it forces me to death ball so it forces me to put cultists around my pox walker so I can benefit the most from getting my my you know regen yeah and it forces you know forces me to give up board position. Now, if if the other stuff that they're going to target are like vehicles and things, you're probably pretty okay. Uh, but you know, again, it, it just it gives a really really good player the opportunity to uh, to dictate. So, for instance, if I came back over, well, not if when I come back over for AOCGT, I would not be relying on a on a stratagem like this as part of my my key my key function because you know i will play somebody that is going to be really good at at dictating that and exploiting it you know if i play gaz again um if if i play robo or something like that you know what i mean like Mm. if i give somebody the opportunity to dictate it they will take advantage of it and they will basically say like do you want to do this that's fine you're not going to utilize your footprint you don't want to do it that's fine i'm going to kill your models and even if you pop it and i'm spread out what are you going to do get five if i blow a cultist unit away and you get five or ten out of 40 that's still a victory for me you know you're still down 30 models 
Next one is Plague Pact. Um, use a stratagem when a Death Guard character attempts to summon a unit of noble demons using a demonic ritual. You can roll up to four dice rather than three. Again, that's another one. And you will not suffer any mortal wounds for rolling doubles or triples. I like it for the, for the super spawn from Forge World that like uh, Pajama Pants was utilizing. I know Forge World, but the super spawn, since they got the, uh, the actual faction specific, are pretty good with Demonically Resilient. Mm. So they can be... Mm, what faction do they get? Well, they get they get Chaos Demon, but the big thing is is they get the gods now. They get the god benefits before they did not. So before they were essentially unaligned. So you can't now, take one in a Death God detachment anyway. Well, no. What you actually you can, because what you do is you don't you don't buy it per se. You can just leave it for summoning. Okay. You leave the points and you just summon it. All right. Black Bombardment. Uh, you can use the stratagem just before a friendly Death Guard unit shoots or fires Overwatch. You resolve uh, the unit shots every model in the unit that is affected with a black grenade can throw one instead of only one model in time you've been able to do so. Um, that's good if you have. Um, what's the guy's name? The Bubius, whatever the. Fuck. Yes. So you so this was actually one of the things I was talking about I really wanted to bring. Um just for essentially the lulls. I want to do a biologist putrefier who gives my blight his special rule is blight racks, increases yeah. strength and damage of all blight grenades carried by friendly death guard oh, units wow. by one whilst they are within three inches of of one. In addition, whilst a model within three inches model, each roll of a six plus uh, made when a Attacking with a blight grenade inflicts a mortal wound on the target in addition to any other damage. So, I, I just unit, want... The I, unit only has to be within three inch and not wholly either. Yep, so yeah, correct. You just have to have a, so, what I want you to wrap your mind around, right, is utilizing Cloud of Flies mm -hmm. to methodically get a 20-man Poxwalker unit across the board. Now, again, this isn't, this isn't like, hyper-competitive, um, but if you utilize... Um, if you utilize that to get a 20-man Plague Marine close combat unit across the board, you get them close to a unit of of cult or cultists or, you know, insert chaff here. Hmm. You pop that with Blight Racks and Veterans of the Long War, which yeah. is the next one we're going to cover. And now you're, you're on fire. You're rolling, you know, 1920 d6 grenade shots that are strength four instead of strength three plague that are plus one damage to well plus one to wound because of oh. veterans mm -hmm. so now on fives they're triggering mortal wounds plus they're obliterating like a guard blob and then you simply charge another one and with your psychic power up in close combat you're plus one to wound mm. you're triggering mortal wounds on fives and you can veterans all over again I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's really fun. I think it's very flavorful. Um, I think, in all honesty, I think Blight Bombardment and those guys are probably better off coming out of a Rhino. Uh, whether it's a you know a ten man, it could be even a little bit smaller. And, you know, you just come out one turn, you and you Blight Bombardment a unit, and you go from there. 
and then you know you can have another rhino basically you your rhino drive by and chucking grenades at people i think it's pretty cute and, but it's it's synergy it's all about the synergy uh, and of course they got chaos boon um, yep which is is there anything different in here they all just roll over just just them. renamed yeah. renamed for uh for chaos or for nerf uh, so that's your stratagems relics any relics you like uh yeah the big one that stands out is the armor mm-hmm. so separating plate gives him a two plus is which is nice two yep two plus in addition uh you roll a die each time the model passes a saving throw in the fight phase on the four plus that unit that afflicted the mo- uh, wound suffers a mortal wound after all of its own attacks have been resolved yeah so again you, and now here's a nice thing if they do indeed FAQ like it was said you FAQ the demon prince you give that to a demon prince he has wings he's fast gets into combat you make him your warlord because you don't really need somebody like Typhus's warlord trait and if you want to make him your warlord you can and you can go four plus uh, four plus disgustingly resilient charge in hit a bunch bounce a ton of uh, counterattacks that are then you know basically letting the unit half of its hits and wounds are going to just be wounding itself instead uh, and then you know it's even better against like a marine unit and and then for whatever you do fail oh god against orcs even oh so good against orcs <laughs> and then whatever you do fail you then have a four plus demonically resilient to ignore or you take the five plus simply regen you can regen two wounds a turn it's all sweet i think the plate is a standout i think the plate is i would argue the plate is better than anything in the chaos space marine codex but i prefer having durable characters and i can definitely see an argument for something like the murder sword and all that i mean well the murder sword's fantastic Mm. but i would argue especially for my own play style my own preference that the plate is better than anything in chaos space marine So we got in here that's of half decent use uh, you could take the plague bringer mm-hmm. yeah it is but I mean it gives you oh six the thing is is it goes back to that mortal wound mentality on a six plus deals mortal wounds if it's on a big character so uh, you know it, like veterans you exactly um, veterans but it's a plague weapon so then the psychic power so four pluses it's doing mortal wounds anyway um it does d3 wounds it's okay you know it's not bad would i spend a command point for it probably not um one of the things i quite like is the dolorous knell um yes um i think yeah, it's it's actually probably I, I might take the Nell for even for a command point. It's really not not bad mm. uh, because you know again it oh, harm the synergy. Like I always put an Oxus Blade Bringer on my list, yep. and I struggle 
to like I will I will make drastic changes nine out of ten times before I make a cut of them because of the slow nature you know so with that in mind I almost always run them and it all comes back to his seven inch bubble is very large yep. uh, when you are about to hit home you can easily get kind of towards the front of the lines still stand behind whatever you're you're hitting home with and then yeah just extra mortal wounds i mean that's what the book that's what the book sprinkles out uh and obviously the the morale debuff anyway the morale debuff plus the mortal wounds plus the fact they have to roll two dice and discard the lowest um it just helps you put on uh, you know as and where relevant a little bit of extra battle shock damage um it's just yeah. extra damage that just keeps popping up over and over and over again. And I really like it's really thematic. You need, and you need that. You you need to get all the extra damage you can here and there because point for point, nothing is as efficient as it is in the Chaos Space Marine Codex. And you do pay a premium. You pay a very substantial premium. I mean, even when you're dealing with pox walkers, you know, 20 pox walkers is 120 points. I mean, I could take thirty cultists for that. You know, yeah. you you are paying a you you do pay a premium, and you know the points add up very, very ungodly quick. Like uh, lists disappear, the points disappear. You're going to be playing sun. down on most everybody else, which is yep. why you need to make the use of the pox walkers. You need to make the use of the nerglins um, to make sure you're filling up the slots and getting those CPs to make sure that the 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 standout units, the key units you have, um, are as maximum. They're, they're they're operating at maximum strength, maximum efficiency and effectiveness. Um, you want to be loading up and proccing all of those plague weapons off, getting the extra mortal wounds out, doing all of that stuff because otherwise you're wasting the points. You're not getting the yeah, value out of them. Exactly. You know, if you're not if you're not going to utilize the benefits that are given to you, you're better off just playing Chaos Space Marines and not playing a Death Guard army. And and I'm not saying I'm not saying that the Chaos, the Death Guard army is not playable, and I'm not saying that Chaos Space Marines is ungodly overpowered or anything like that. But what I am saying is um, you need to be mindful of the synergy. And if you're not, you're hampering yourself and you're negatively affecting your gameplay with this army. And I think it's I think it's the big reason why this army lends itself better to a supplement to Chaos Space Marines than it does as a standalone army. Because there are certain units in this book that do stand out. But, I mean, we could easily take a patrol and take Typhus and take Typhus and plague uh, Poxwalkers and that big burly unit of Terminators and then go, okay, now here's a Chaos Space Marine army around it. Or I could take I could take just Mortarian, who I already said in my opinion functions better in a Chaos Space Marine army. Outside of the synergies, I still think he functions better because his raw damage output is so high. Um, 
you know, again, you can easily just go, okay, I'm going to take Mortarian. And again, since since I asked I asked a bunch of different people, and they seem to have all agreed with that assessment as well that just a Lord of War detachment is not an auxiliary detachment. You do get access to to some of these warlord traits, or uh, not warlord traits, but. Benefits if you want them, the stratagems. Yep. So you can do that, especially if you're if you are taking a very soupy list and still working in Death Guard units. You can now cloud of flies things, stuff like that. Even if you have Araman as one of your HQs. Um, so I think overall it'll be easier to use this book as a supplement, but I think with proper work and a little and like understanding the finesse and a little bit of uh ingenuity this could be a this could be a competitive book i don't know that it'll win a gt but i do think it can do well and i think even if you're primary death guard and you supplement yourself with with uh chaos space marines whether that's alpha legion for cultists and berserkers or you know world eaters for same thing or iron warriors for same thing i don't know if you're seeing a you know a, a trend in my thought process here um but even if you're supplementing your list for those things i think it's it still ends up uh being very strong so you could use chaos space marines as your supplement for this i think either which way the books are clearly designed to cohabitate uh in our world of ally hammer (laughs) and um i think if you take advantage of that you are exceptionally powerful and exceptionally well off the problem is when you're stubborn like me and outside of having Armin, you really want nothing else that is not from Death Guard. And I want Armin because I have the sweet model from the box set. God, is he good. Which one? The old one? No, the one from uh, the Not Betrayal Calth, the Burning of Prospero box set. The old one, the 30k Armin. Oh yeah, the 30k Armin. Love that model. Nice. I really like the new one as well. Yeah, yeah, I do like the new one, but I'm just... So, you know, my whole thing with Chaos Space Marines was when I when I, I lost my army to me moving out of my parents' home and my brothers threw out my original army and I had like 10,000 points of, of Chaos Space Marines, all Nurgle. I played my heart out during the Eye of Terror. I was younger, much younger. Um, played my heart out during all that and I lost it. And after that, I fell in love with with Crimson Fists, and you know I played mostly Loyalists. And then when I was playing for Fifth Edition, and then when I was playing competitively in Sixth and Seventh, I played Big Dumb Idiots. Mm-hmm. I championed Big Dumb Idiots, you know. And me and me and Justin Cook, we were we we were slash are a hive mind. You know, he is my most valued person. I bounce lists off of and and all that and uh big dumb idiots is kind of a forte we're both really good at 
and I think I think we played it really well. But I came back to to eighth edition, and I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to actually play 40k again. And on top of that, I'm going to go back to what I love, and that's Death Guard. So I'm struggling. I am struggling. I'm fighting the good fight, but uh, I'm working on it. What um, what are you looking to use? Um, um, have you got any lists that you've knocked up in the past day? Yeah, I got. So I have one list that I was actually talking with Andrew Gagnon, and he was like, "I want you to write a list that is forty Terminators, and just you know, I want this." And he's like, "I want a big, a big dumb idiot list," and I was like, "I mean, I could do big dumb idiots." And I sent him my big dumb idiot list, and he hated it because he wanted me to do 40 Terminators, and 40 Terminators is 1,800 points, and that is just them with base equipment. So it's a little hard to do. So what what my original or what my big dumb idiot list for him is Malefic Lord, because we allow I made it specifically for one of the GTs coming up, um, which has a caveat of. Four drawed units are zero to one per detachment. So, i.e., you can have up to three Malefic Lords. You can't have 13. And then they limit Forge World to 31 uh, power level, which basically is uh, the guard tanks that you have in all the indexes and all that. Just 31, more than 31 power level is just not allowed in general, not just Forge World. So, 99.9999% of it i.e. I think all of it actually is Forge World but so my list is BFS Legal which is one of the tournaments I go to every year one of the best tournaments here in the states in upstate New York it's only like an hour and a half two hours from me uh, Ed and Bob they are like they're top notch tournament providers and it's a great venue and I love it so I was like okay I'll make this list. This might be a list I can actually get together to make it up because this will be, I think, the first year in a while I'm I'm planning on missing it as a player. I'm planning on going up there to, to watch games and hang out because, you know, all my friends will be there and the TOs are some of my closest friends. I love the, love the event. And I was like, all right, here it is. So it's Malefic Lord, 30 points. Changeling, 100 points. Three units of brims, 30 points. Uh, two seven-man Terminator Bob, my term Bob units, which are six Plasma, Axe, one Flail. I prefer to run them as seven. I feel if I run seven Plasma at a minimum, Nurgle might favor me, but I had to make cuts. Uh, so two of those units, they come in at 400 points a pop. They're expensive units. Uh, three Death Shrouds. Aramin on disc. Malefic Lord at 30 points. Three more units of Brims at 90 points. Morty at 470. So I'm sitting pretty at nine command points. I have Aramin for all of the powers out of Cast Space Brain. So if I need um, no more invulnerable saves, I have it. But I have Warp Time, I have Prescience. Those are the two big ones. I have Mortarian for uh, increasing increasing um, armor minus one to hit or increasing toughness minus one to hit and close combat if I need it 
Um, but it's pri- he'll primarily be casting minus one hit in that. I have the ability to... The whole list revolves around me somehow surviving, going second. But I have, I have much less drops than most armies. Me somehow surviving, going second, not losing Mortarian. To running Mortarian face first, out... Warp timing Mortarian face first, even further out, and somewhere in that warp time vicinity is where I'm going to drop my death shrouds. They're going to sit behind Mortarian. They're going to cloud of flies themselves, so they can't be targeted. So I don't have to worry about them killing the death shrouds and not focusing Mortarian and me being able to intercept for them. And then I can either drop in my my turn bob squads, as I call them. Or I can hold them until turn two when Mortarian comes home. So I can drop in now my Terminators. Hopefully my Death Shrouds and Mortarian are going to strike home. My Terminators will be able to plasma down something, maybe assault. Don't really know. And uh, kind of go from there. So that was that was one of the lists I came up with. Um, it was one of the only lists that I came up with. I went, hey, this seems fun. So I don't think it. I don't think it's particularly good, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to run the things that I I think are really good in the codex, mm. but I don't think function well in a Death Guard army. And lo and behold, they're not in a Death Guard army. They're in a soup army. Bit of soup. Uh, yeah, but otherwise, my my lists have pretty much been revolving around Typhus and Poxwalkers, which is what I've been playing since, and then. Uh, Typhus Poxwalkers, a prince with wings, plate as my warlord. Um, and then kind of going from there. Oh, and I, I, I can't shake these Terminators. And I really wish I could because a single unit's coming in normally at 406 or 450 points for me. And, you know, that frees up a lot of play space. important man um to free up free up space in the lists um, like you said everything's everything is not priced competitively but it's i don't know like it's it's priced to work in death guard detachments and with stratagems um and all those benefits that are attributed to it you yep. can't see a lot of great value there so soup. There's a couple of things that are good value, but I mean, you you could actually put the um, the crawlers in a list because the rules are inherently them. They don't need uh, detachment bonuses. They have the the, the yep. rules there as part of their their data slate, and I think they're good value. Um, they're greatly it's greatly survivable. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. I think they're really good. Uh, some of the new units I've been struggling to get in the lists I think Death Guard so there, there is rumblings coming from different areas um, that there are going to be some shakeups, uh, especially revolving around things like conscripts and stuff like that and if there I'm are shakeups there's going to be some changes Yep, and if there are going to be some shakeups, and it's not going to be right now, the meta has revolved around mass uh, mass bodies preventing and clogging the game and slowing the game, 
and if there's changes that are that are rumored to be coming you know from that perspective and and all that you're going to see less of efficiency hammer and you're going to go back to to more of elite style play where you know tanks will probably be more viable um outside of like you know transports and taroxes um aka repressors rhinos and taroxes um so you know you'll see some changes there if the number the mass number of uh chaff goes down i think it only holds a candle to the future of death guard and i think if that happens and it's not all about getting the most efficient choices to deal with the most amount of things and it's more about i need to really kill stuff and i really need to um survive i think death guard are going to shine to a max and that's where their expensive nature and their solo gameplay is going to uh really really come to a light as it stands it's all about efficiency you saw that at nova open um you will see that at bfs you will even with limitations there you will see that at um the boys coming up here in the states you'll see that at lvo i'm sure you're going to see the exact same thing in all of the events over there uh for your your heats and all of that for your, all your gt heats it's, i think it's all going to come down to efficiency we saw all of that at etc spam conscripts spam brimstones they already hit brimstones they nerfed their efficiency about a bit mm-hmm. um I think if they ra- if they roll back some of that efficiency and they kind of limit the chaff, I think that opens up the game to more lists uh, that helps out armies that don't have good chaff, i.e. Necrons, Eldar, mm. especially Eldar. Your chaff is very expensive. Um, well, most of the Xenos armies. Uh, I think you're going to see more variety where you're not going to have to see uh, Tau with basically... Uh, drone drone lot as their big thing because they need to chaff they need that the ablative wounds mm-hmm. i think if, if that happens and you roll that back and you're starting to see more standardized army lists then i think death guard are going to be much better i'm interested to see how they um they pull things back um rather than just points adjustments which is kind of boring um and obviously easy for them to do uh, clearly, they were off on the values they've attributed to certain uh, capabilities in whatever metric they've used to. Um so, I kind of disagree. I think for the most part, points values aren't really that off. Like a conscript. Come on. No, hold on. Hear me out. A conscript really isn't that off for his points. Maybe, maybe put him up the same like points cost like a cultist but cultists for instance aren't really that off but what you're seeing with cultists is the exact opposite of conscripts it's not the points of the model it is the abilities that affect it the r's that affect it hmm. the the fact that so morale is supposed to be the designers uh, mentioned it at Nova if you you let me jump back in because I think you're going in a direction which ties into my original point so yes I think conscripts are tremendous value for for what they do but the fact that you can slap a commissar next to them and 
basically make them functionally immune to morale mm-hmm. just makes them infinitely better value and then another thing is orders if they if they stopped I mean even if they just stopped commissars affecting conscripts it would be a huge difference to them they'd still be affected by orders makes sense they'd still be good value but <clears throat> they would run away so what I would like to see commissars do is lose the clock you're dead and instead basically be lead 9 or 10 I'm, I'm fine with them honestly being lead 10 and basically just being uh, just essentially being uh, Imperial Guard version of Dark Apostles and basically being like okay you use my leadership and I would, mm-hmm. I would, be, I would be okay to see regular commissars go to leadership 10 because they don't necessarily have the ability to give the rerolls they have other things that give rerolls so in close combat i believe they have access to priests i could be wrong i could be making things up i could be thinking of of old sisters of battle um but actually i'm almost positive i'm thinking of old sisters of battle with blobs yeah, uh, so may- maybe you give them basically re-rolls to hit in close combat and use their leadership and you make them lead nine and you essentially make them a dark apostle because I think a dark apostle is fine you know and you look at it it's like well you know cultists cultists evaporate even as even as alpha legion which is alpha legion and world eaters are arguably the best for the uh, cultists because world eaters is world eaters and alpha legion both allow them to hit home and when they do hit home it's it's value town but you're you could see like if you're taking iron warriors for instance well you're limiting yourself because you're not getting the value town out of extra attacks you're not getting the value town out of minus one to hit you're just killing cultists they might be they might be immune to to fear but you're just killing them which isn't so bad and again at four points a model not too terrible either you know it's it's more reasonable than conscripts i think that's the big thing and i think there's a lot of play for them to have without adjusting points they don't think they need to adjust points for conscripts in particular um i think they need to adjust how the effects function on them because morale is supposed to be devastating Mm. and i think if morale is devastating you know it goes a long way to helping clear things out and finish things off and i think that's really strong and i you know you're seeing that with some of the um with the new admech even they have one of the the forge worlds has the ability where on a six they don't flee from broken morale like the, the model so you're basically getting a six up save against something you get no save against ever but you know that's that's a nif- that's a nifty value yeah um, so i think i think if they do it that way it would be pretty good and if they do go that route you might start seeing things like not necessarily cultist bo- blobs but um you know uh, my buddy rob's running mech guard he loses horribly against dark reapers he told me mm. but you know against chaos he's doing pretty well and I think you would see kind of a transition in that, and I that think it's a really with. interesting time in terms of that because it's very much like a meta merry-go-round. Um, yes, that will continue, and especially given that they're looking to make not sweeping changes but subtle changes a little bit more regularly. Like I think, 
I think throwing out changes maybe three times a year for things that definitely need them, like that are clearly um, like everyone's taken them, which means they're clearly hyper efficient, which means they clearly mm-hmm. need to get looked at. Uh, and small tweaks, not like completely obliterating them and making them useless, but small tweaks, like the brimstone yeah, tweaks. But you, you exactly. are still taking brimstones. Uh, I think it's a really good adjustment. Um, <coughs> so yeah, I'm happy with that, and it keeps the meta moving around. It doesn't invalidate stuff. I'm really wary of being in a position where like we're not playing video games it's not like I just log on to my account and just select a list and go and play and then that's it like we're playing a game which we have to spend hundreds of dollars or pounds <clears throat> to put together forces together and then spend weeks or months if you give a shit obviously other people might do them in days but you know weeks or months actually assembling and putting them together and painting and getting them ready to use at tournaments to have that stuff pretty much negated um, is a big deal and I, I'm definitely against like sweeping changes but little subtle tweaks that maybe make your super top tier army that plays itself you know a little bit less effective so you have to think a bit more I'm all for that stuff you know if something yeah. if something's undeniably too good because you see it in <coughs> like really overtaking lists worldwide in competitive match play not just in one area's meta like if it's clearly you know something that everyone's on board and everyone's noticed then yeah just give it a tweak yeah and, and I agree completely uh, I think I think Forge World needs to be heavily looked at um, you know after talk with Andrew and finding out that apparently they're you know very short staffed um, I think that's oh, something Forge that, World situation yeah that's that's tragic man but it is what it is uh, yeah, I mean that needs to be kind of resolved because there's honestly there's a lot of stuff in Forge World that helps a lot of armies out and is very 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 far from broken and it's a handful of bad apples and I feel like I feel like Warhammer Forty Thousand as the core game is the exact same thing, but the bad apples are I I think in my opinion are just as egregious as the ones from Forge World except they're less they're more subtle they're less obvious you know it's it's cultist or uh, not well cultist but um, not even just cultist it's uh it's conscripts versus the you know the super chicken well you really notice the super chicken versus really noticing the conscript hmm. you know it's it's the 13 malefic lords um, now I'm picking on Kelsey's list <laughs> but it's it's a 13 malefic lords versus the 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 cult uh, the, the conscripts and I think uh, or the Tarox is even and I think Andrew's list is just as egregious as a forge world as the forge world is it's just it goes about it in a subtler way and if it's quiet it doesn't raise as much of a concern as quickly and I think it's just as damaging and you know it's just straight up it's just as damaging for the game hmm. so so I think and I'm really glad GW is looking into it and kind of want to see where it goes and I'm really hoping we kind of swing back into more of um, into more of a, an elite 
aspect because right now the game is the game is very weird you're seeing lists that are that are okay this one thing is efficient get as much of it as i can yeah yeah and go from there you know and you're seeing very wonky lists you're seeing oh it's you're pretty seeing, much finding stuff that's efficient but then coupling it up with um character buffs that make it way more efficient yeah. than that already you so know, like space marine tanks should not be a real list like you know i shouldn't be i shouldn't be able to take gulliman and because i took gulliman i can then take a razorback but because i took that razorback i can then take a razorback because i took that razorback i can then take a razorback and i'll take a couple predators and no look there's more razorbacks and you know now i'm just i'm just chaining down the line and uh, lo and behold i put an army on the table that is you know 13 tanks and and gulliman that shouldn't be a list you know, like I want to go back to Five seeing Storm like, Ravens and Goodman shouldn't be. Yes. Well, I mean, and that's not that's not a legit list anymore. They went in and oh, they I've they spot. I've got to put in twenty five scout snipers. Oh no. Oh. Well, I mean, but uh, honestly, it's not that difficult to to remove. And they did go in and they spot fix it. Now you're still seeing three storm ravens and a less, mm. two storm ravens. You're seeing chaos now go with with two fire raptors. I'll call forge world because. You know, chaos really lacks from um, ranged anti-tank. It's not as efficient as other armies, so it's not as good. Whereas they're hyper efficient at slaughtering you in close combat. So if I'm hyper efficient there, why don't I just skew my list? Well, that that's poor list design. I mean, it, I know it's poor list design because that is the exact list design I lived and breathed off of for the last what six years in sixth and seventh edition five years like that was that was the exact notion of my list okay i'm really bad at this but i have a big dumb idiot and you can't deal with it well you can't deal with one big dumb idiot let me take four big dumb idiots and i skew myself so hyper like so one directional that you know and, and it ended up being what killed the game for most people you know you saw with with space marine uh wonder stars and and all that i want to go back to seeing space marines being viable but actual seeing space marines i want to go back to seeing what's that time that i liked was end of fifth gray knights lists so the lists looked fine it was just yeah. that that was the only one that was out there. Yeah. That was that was the only faction that could do that, right? Yeah. So but if everything so, kind of looked like that in terms yes. of list composition, I'd be cool with that, you know? So the end of end of fifth, yeah, you, it, the problem was you had three you only had three armies that could compete. But out of those three armies, they had they had the lists you wanted to see you know they had the the style that it that like the game harkens so you had your mech guard you had your space wolves and you had your gray knights those were the only three competitive lists yeah. and you know obviously gray knights were at, at the end of fifth gray knights were above and beyond but you know at least the other armies they could compete um you know, one of my one of my closest friends lost the GT at the end of fifth because the guy who ended up winning the GT was Mech Guard, and the idiot decided to let him go first as a Grey Knight player. Hmm. And guess what? The Mech Guard did. Well, he had. Needless to say, my buddy had a bad time. Um, but 
you know, you are a hundred percent correct. Those lists are the quintessential lists that that people want to see on the tabletop. They were balanced. You know, you had infantry, you had tanks, you had a very, very forty thousand feel, and you know, it wasn't. Well, I mean, it was skew, skewed one direction, but even with it being skewed one direction, you weren't able to to hyper skew as you've been able to do the last three editions. So uh, I'd like to see that change. I think Death Guard is really good because they they can't hyper skew like that because everything's so expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, you could go an all infantry, but you're gonna you're gonna need to go like. A, you're gonna most likely be in a de- not most likely in a death guard army. You're gonna be a well-rounded, like all infantry style force. Now with CSM, you know, hyper efficiency, you you might not be. You know, you might be 300 poxwalkers, 300 cultists, and you know, insert something that hits hard, and I'll just drown you out with bodies. But that's not. You know that's not the fault of the Death Guard Codex, uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm 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 excited for it. Uh, I really want to see the game grow, and uh, I want to I want to uh, grow myself as a player and and all that. And Nurgle is the way I decided to do it. So I will take the the lumps on the chin and uh, see if I can't figure it out. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Um, yeah, exactly. We've got um, Admech in two weeks' time as well, so that's going to be mm-hmm. interesting. That goes up for pre-order this weekend. We've already seen some glimpses of that. That's looking to be very interesting. It was really cool. It was a really cool force anyway. Be interesting to see how it um, works together under one uniform uh, book. Um, Where you don't get uh, uh, four thousand points of free upgrades. Yeah, basically that. Um, <laughs> uh, More convocation. I'm sure it will be in there in stratagems in some way. Um, <laughs> well, like that's another thing. I'm actually really torn right now. So I've been struggling with Death Guard. But the unit I had the most fun with in all of 7th edition came from the mind of James Ramsey. And it was the Imperial Knights. Is that the same chicken walkers, chickens? With chicken walkers. And those chicken walkers were unbelievably fun. I've never had more fun with a unit in 7th edition or 6th edition. Like, I played Ovesta Star. I played Nids. Nids were pretty close. But, you know, I was a very, it was a very balanced Nid list. Go figure. Um, when I top 16 my, my first Adepticon as the number one seed, only to get beat up by Gani, or, uh, Kopak. Fuck you, mate. Um, and, you know, that was a really balanced Nid list. But, um, Nids and those chicken walkers were just unbelievably fun. They weren't they weren't overpowered, but they worked well. And it's kind of the thing I like about Death Guard. Um, except with those guys, I would be very one dimensional, whether it was yeah. good or bad, with my list. And I know I would enjoy it with Admech because I would be chicken walkers all over the place. I would be exploding sixes, running really fast, charging you as chicken walkers. But, you know, lo and behold, I got Death Guard. I'm going to bite the bullet. 
and hunker down but i am excited for the ad back it's an exciting time and it's not going to stop anytime soon uh thank you for joining me that's plenty long enough i think it's like three hours man of talking rubbish yeah. about this book that we've literally just got our hands on uh reminder yep. by the way that um yeah we are not supported in any way by games workshop so we're not here to shill uh, or give you any sort of false representation this is literally just us giving our honest opinions and feedback and impressions of uh, the book and how the game is at the moment so yeah we, we, we pride ourselves on that very much so trying to give you honesty and you're always going to get that from us as I said we're not supported in any way by Games Workshop we're not involved in uh, any of the playtesting or the inner circle stuff or what have you we are just uh, consumers and supporters of Warhammer 40,000 um, so yeah hope you enjoyed that uh, thank you for listening jesse last thing i want to do is i do just want to plug battle for salvation yeah. one more time because it is the northeast's first major eighth edition gt you can go to battleforsalvation.com tickets are filling up super fast um and What's it yeah it's at? good i want to say it's 64 players but it could be actually larger this year. They have room, and they also run uh, X-Wing events, uh, X-Wing tournaments, and all that. So they might have increased the the overall space a bit uh, and the room. Um, I think they also do Malifaux, but don't quote me on that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a super good event i should be up there at the very least to hang out a bunch of my friends are going as their first major gt in three or four editions for some of them um so go up there i'm going to be ragging on them as they lose games and if i see you up there feel free to rag on them with me hey well, i hope you'll get some good content from that as well um, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. At the very least, at the very least, I uh, will get us an interview with the winner. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew Gagno is hoping to sweep that as well and put Nick Natavati in the ground because they are currently in the running for ITC champion. Beast Coast. Anyway. Hashtag Beast Coast. Thank you very much, Jesse. Always a pleasure. And yeah, thanks for tuning yes. in, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. Enjoy your Death Guard Codex. Let us know um, what you guys like in the book, what your impressions Please. are. Any lists, if you've got any sneaky super lists that Jesse's missed in the half a day that he's had, basically, to to do a proper list uh, and come up with ideas. Feed us back, facebook.com forward slash AOC podcast, or just uh, search for Allies of Convenience podcast. It is now 5.53 a.m. Saturday morning hope you appreciate hey, this <laughs> it's, all, it's only 12.53 freedom standard time unfortunately I'm running on the queen's her majesty's time so it's fucking nearly 6am for me go away yeah go. well go, go, go to bed dude I, I've been up I've no, been up going going this is getting uploaded in half an hour Oh, well, I've been I'm going on 48 hours of no sleep right now and it's all been on on uh, Chaos Space Marines. I am fueled by you. Don't hopes, need dreams. Sleep. You have disgusting resiliency. So exactly. Sleep. Hopes, dreams, Nurgle rot, and lots and lots of coffee until I come up with a list I love. Yeah. Or well. die. Share it with us on Facebook. Thank you very much, Jesse. Take care. All right. Have a good one.